set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing If Bill Street Could Talk from 2018, directed by Barry Jenkins. And I would like to welcome you guys to our February episode. Yes. This month is all about love and black folk yes black love hashtag black love shout out to papoose and remy ma (laughs) (laughs) a love for the ages shout out to grease and durags shout out to (laughs) jam and a little like toothbrushes to get your edges laid you know know (laughs) i was gonna say i need one of those actually but yes (laughs) Things that we really love, things that are like on our hearts. No, yeah. I mean, for real though, like shout out to Blackness, shout out to Black History Month. As Whitney Houston always said, we need a longer month. We do. (laughs) Although, if you didn't know, which I didn't know until like a couple years ago, that um, in the UK, Black History Month is in October. Oh, Mm -hmm. interesting. So if you're listening, um, all of our UK fans friends homies um shout out to y'all for having the bomb ass month (laughs) the best month of the year (laughs) to be black history month i am jealous yeah i am i am too like that's my favorite i mean this month is my favorite month for personal reasons but october is my second favorite month yes it's probably the best month of the year But um, this episode, we should talk about how how this episode has kind of morphed and shifted and changed. And should we, should we not? <laughs> because, baby, we almost dropped a fucking bomb in y'all's heads. <laughs> we did. Um, Ashley really had, like, Ashley, like, her third eye, boy, it was open it winked and it blinked <laughs> and <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Cause like, I don't think I could have handled it. No, which I don't even remember. Like basically what we were going to pair this movie with. I'm not going to say because we're going to eventually do this movie with another movie because I had a true galaxy brain moment a couple weeks ago. And I was like, this movie goes with this movie and it's going to be great. And um, I I feel like that pairing is going to be uh, way better than the pairing that we had for this movie. Um, but it was also kind of hard to figure out like what movie would go well with if Bill Street could talk. I don't know what it was. Like it just felt like nothing could compare. For me personally, like Barry Jenkins is a filmmaker that very few other filmmakers could touch. He has a way with his art and the people that he works with where he creates. I know he's only done a few films, but those films are chef's kiss. (laughs) And like you can't touch them. And for me personally, like 
the only filmmaker that kind of like gets there for me um is um Wong Kar Wai mm-hmm. and we just did like a pair of episodes with Barry and him together so yeah. I was like we can't do that again but we are going to talk about more films about him soon fingers crossed yes um because we I'm preparing for that one too. <laughs> I'm in love with his filmography. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, like Barry's films. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I I don't know. Like I didn't want to I didn't want to pair it with something that just didn't feel like the same like tone. That's what I was struggling with, and I'm pretty sure there's probably a movie out there that like we just didn't consider. But you know, of course, I mean, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to a movie eventually. Um, but for this one, I think I think. For multiple reasons, too. Like, February is also important because this is going to be, like, our two-year anniversary. I think, I want to say the 15th or the 17th. Do not quote me at all. But this is, like, our, this is kind of a special month for for the podcast in general. So, I think this, just this film seems to be, like, a good representation. Because we also started off the podcast celebrating two black films. And I think we... Probably still want to like keep that tradition going. Although I mean, we do black movies, you know, whenever we feel like it, because we're we're black. <laughs> we don't have to wait for February to celebrate blackness. <laughs> so, <laughs> just you know, a little pro tip for the rest of y'all: <laughs> saving black movie episodes for February. <laughs> you know, you can watch colored films year round, y'all. You can watch colored films whenever you feel like it. I'm just putting it out there. Don't feel like you have to hesitate. <laughs> but I, yeah, like what I was saying before, like I feel like this movie is really special in its like tone and delivery. Um, and so just doing this movie, I think, is good. Um, and I don't even know, like, I mean, we obviously need to talk about like the summary and stuff, but like, I was doing a lot of um, like back reading and like kind of research on it, and 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 it was very interesting what I was finding. So I feel like this, <laughs> I feel like this episode is just gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be so like cheesy and happy, but it also is gonna be like, ooh. <laughs> this movie is hard to talk about because it, the movie itself juggles two very different subjects Mm -hmm. it obviously it's a love story like half of the movie is a love story yeah and the other half is is it is it considered a crime drama i i don't think it's a crime drama it i feel like some parts of it feel kind of documentary-esque with like the use of of like images of like real people sort of like sprinkled in um I don't know about crime drama it feels maybe I wouldn't even say legal drama I feel like that's an element of it but I mean it's really just kind of looking at (laughs) black people's history within this country and how we are treated which this movie was is set in the 70s it was based on the book uh, written in, I believe, 1974, mm-hmm. and it was released in 2018. And when you think about all that together, girl, and you realize that 
shit ain't really changed now, has I, it? Shit has not changed. I feel like it has been sort of like a like a cute band-aid has been put over a lot of things in some aspects for some people. Um, but like real ones know. <clears throat> real ones really do know. Um, and we should also say that this is um, the novel was written by James Baldwin, which I have not actually read anything by James Baldwin, which is kind of not good <laughs> on my part. Um, I, I haven't either. Like, I haven't. Not his novels. No, I don't. I'm looking through now. I mean, I didn't even see I'm Not Your Negro, which is, again, a failing on my part. I do know when, like, not to, I guess, I feel like I'm going to, like, do a humble brag, but, like, <laughs> when I was in Paris last year, I did this whole tour and stuff, and, and we kind of talked about, um, like, some of the expats, um, like, the uh, African-American expats, um, this, like, particularly, like, uh, James Baldwin and, like, Richard White and, and how they got along until they didn't. So there was some sort, like, kind of some interesting things about that because a lot of people were going to like Paris or and I think Paris in general, but like France overall, just because of the, the like perception of like the lack of racism, which like girl, <laughs> I don't know how y'all perceive that, but like for some people, I guess it was like a thing like, Oh, we, you know, cause if America's going to treat us like shit, then let's like get the fuck out of here. Um, but yeah, I, I feel I feel like we both should do like we both need to like have like extracurricular homework and study more James Baldwin's novels because I feel like a lot of them deal with this these topics of like racism and just like what it's like to be black in America and and I feel like it's really special and important that he sort of weave this love story into it because I feel like any other person probably would have done like a straight up like love story or like a straight up like I don't know how do you want to call it like a, a, a an essay maybe <laughs> essay style type of thing I don't want to say crime drama but like something like that but he kind of weaves them together in a way that sort of they're inextricably like they're extremely linked like Unfortunately, we have, like, even when you're trying to, like, just live your life as, like, you know, two people who fell in love and, and about to have this baby and stuff like that and just, like, living their lives, like, how people in America say you should, like, live, which is, like, grow up and get married and have children and then, like, you can't, they can't even do that shit <laughs> because of white supremacy. So I feel like it's very deftly handled. I feel like Barry kind of took... From what I gathered, I feel like Barry got like the essence of the of the novel pretty well, because he doesn't shy away from that either, which I think is really important. Because I feel like if you were making this into the into a movie and if it was like handled by the wrong director, he might have like softened or they might have softened the parts about like right white supremacy. Because like in the movie which I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but, like, in the movie, like, when it comes down to it, like, Tisha's like, this is the fault of this, this, and this, and she doesn't, like, bullshit and be like, oh, well, you know, a freak accident, or, like, it was, like, a just, you know, it's, like, she's very, like, matter-of-fact, like, this is the bullshit, and it's y'all's fault. 
<laughs> and here's why. Which I appreciate that he did that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that it wasn't um, sort of like glossed over for Hollywood. Because this was released in like December of 2018. Because I remember, let me look at my ticket. I got my ticket on my mirror here, actually. I went and saw this movie on the 28th with Davlin. Shout out to Davlin. And... Um, and those movies, I think, around that time are usually kind of, like, seen as, like, kind of Oscar bait. Because I, I don't know what it is about December. I would like to research that a little further, actually, about, like, why movies released around, like, Christmas time are, like... I guess because they end up being, like, sentimental for the holiday. But, like, movies like that usually are, like, more family-driven and shit like that. And... And they're kind of like, oh, everything's wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. Merry Christmas, <laughs> one and all. And this one is like very much like very explicit in its delivery of of what's going on here in America. I really wanted to go see it in theaters, but I didn't have time to because it was the holiday season. So I had to wait. I don't know if it was in the theater for that long. No, it was... I know it didn't get, you know, it wasn't a wide, wide release. Yeah, that was it too. Because I, of course, they did the whole like New York and LA and Chicago. And then I was like, well, if they're just going to do that shit then, then they're not going to release it here. Like, that's fine. But then um, they did. Like, around the same time, they released it in these other places. And I was like, oh, bitch, let's buy these tickets. So what is this movie about? Um, I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit, but basically this movie is about a girl and a guy, um, a girl named Tish and a guy named Alonzo, aka Fonny, who fall in love. They're like childhood best friends growing up, I think in Harlem in like the seventies. And, um, you know, they're actually starting to make like moves towards like actually building like a family together and, like, really, like, establishing, like, a life for themselves because they're both, like, really young. I think she's 19 and he's, like, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, like, right when their lives are about to, like, really get going and they're about to build something with each other, Bonnie is arrested and accused of rape by another woman. Um, and from there, you see, like, the whole sort of them trying to... Um, build a case for him and also (laughs) Tish finds out that she is pregnant and so she's also dealing with that at the same time the movie is like shown in like present and flashback yeah and it's beautiful I think it's done really well because sometimes non-linear style can be quite convoluted and kind of like girl what is this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and apparently people have big problems with non-linear style movies. Um, I guess regarding one recent movie. <laughs> because apparently the men's don't like Little Women for that reason. Which <laughs> I have not seen Little Women. But apparently it's also non-linear. But oh. she does it. Apparently like Greta did it in a way that it was very like color-coded to be very obvious. Like this is the past and this is the present. And the men oh. weren't having it. The men were not having it. <laughs> I, like, I mean, 
men are dumb, but men are dumb. She has. I mean, honestly, okay. I'm gonna just get this off my chest. I'm gonna get it off. I I realize that Greta is not my girl. I am not Greta's target audience. Like, she's not a filmmaker for me, and that's just what it is. And sometimes you just have to accept that. And that's that's nothing against her. And she she has an audience. They go hard in the paint for her, and that's perfectly fine. I like Greta. Like, sometimes if you have a movie, if you have a story that has been told 50, 11 times, you got to think of ways to make it spicy. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how the structure like plays into the movie. Um, I mean, I'll watch it when it comes out on, cause I don't think, I don't know if it's in theaters. It might be playing like a draft house or something. Cause you know, they do like every year for the Oscars and stuff. They usually do like the Oscar nominated movies. They'll play them in theaters and stuff again. Um, and so some other theaters might be capitalizing that on that too. But like, I, I mean, I've already seen the nineties version of little women. So I was like, okay, I mean, I like all the people in this new version of little women. So I'm like, I'll probably eventually see it. But, um, yeah, like they made it for what I've heard. It made it pretty fucking easy to tell what was the past and what was the present. And they weren't having it, (laughs) but the men aren't, don't, they don't like seeing a lot of women in, Men are dumb and they were being complete assholes about little women. Like, if you don't want to see the shit, don't see it. Apparently, birds of prey, too. Like, they're just like, hell no, fuck that. Who Harley's titties are now. Oh, she's not dressed in a bikini and shit. Oh, she's not supposed to have titties out. She's a clown. (laughs) Exactly. Like, Like, first of all, let me say that Paul Dini, who created Harley Quinn, was like if you look at his artwork when he was conceptualizing shit, some ain't right with that. But I need to know this because I don't actually know who this is. Cause like I I love Batman. Like Batman the animated series was my jam when I was a kid. I used to watch it every day after school. Same. So I was terrified by it. <laughs> it's very a lot like if you watch it as an adult, it's like was everything okay with everybody who was making it? The answer is no, oh, especially Paul Dini. I didn't know he did this cover with hair and the Joker all loved up on each other. Oh, he no. made mad love. Like, he created, like, Harley Quinn is original creation for mm-hmm. the show, and then she became so popular because people like jerking off to her. So that's, that's what it is. I just like her as a character. Like, that's what upset. it is. Like, that's what it is. That's why she's so popular. But, like, when you look at the original character design, she was fully clothed. Like, that's what it is. She had on a complete unitard. Mm-hmm. That's her outfit. She was a Harlequin. Like, that's her outfit. Like, she Man, didn't have to be dressed in a bikini with a baseball bat. Like, other comic creators did you that. Fight, you can't fight people in a bikini. I don't give a fuck what nobody's saying. And how she, how Margot Ro- um, Robbie is dressed in Birds of Prey is perfectly fine. It's cute. I've been looking for that jacket for the longest. I have been looking for somebody to tell me what that jacket, like, who made that jacket. Since I saw the picture, it's like, it's fine. She looks fine. Just, they're they're not, men should not have access to things. Men don't deserve rights. Let's, <laughs> we said we were going to be lovey-dovey this episode, but I <laughs> take it back. I take it back. 
Oh gosh. But anyway, back to linear <laughs> structure and nonlinear structure. Um, I think part of the reason why I don't know if in the in the novel is done like this, if it's nonlinear or linear. Um, but I think it it works really well, like the having all this stuff kind of blend into each other because that's kind of like how history works in general. And that kind of reinforces for me, at least how all this shit is still like nothing has changed. Everything is still very much, um, fraught with (laughs) white supremacy in every corner. Um, even more so now, honestly, like they just not even being, you know, they're being very blatant about it now. Don't give a fuck. So I like how everything kind of blends into each other. And of course you have like Tish, she's the narrator. Like this is all from her point of view and her perspective. So that helps the situation. But I do like how it all kind of, it's all different time, not timelines, but it's all different points in time, but it all feels like one big, like, movie like a big memory like it doesn't feel like anything separated um except for like with the 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 photography parts I thought that was still like really well done and it helped like punctuate some some of the of the of the parts of like when Tish when she's narrating and stuff but as far as like the non-linear structure like I haven't seen anybody complain about the non-linear structure but I haven't seen anybody complain about this movie in general and if you do you have bad taste I was reading because I was like, I listened to a certain song on the sound, like on the score a couple of two times. I was like, you know what? I need to buy this. And then I need to buy the DVD, I mean the Blu-ray. And I just need this in my life. Because like one day somebody is going to look at me <laughs> like how funny look at Tish. Okay. Girl. So I was on Amazon. And then I was reading reviews and somebody, like, people were like, this is boring. I was like, y'all are wrong and dumb. And probably, you know what? I was going to say, I'm probably white. But, like. (laughs) And, like, I just, I love Barry's other work. But this is, I just don't understand this. And I was like, oh, let me not read these reviews. Let me just go back and add this movie to my core. That don't make no sense. Like. All right. It was really bad. I thought you were going to say letterbox because sometimes. Oh, there, no, I ain't no even. Sense. We ain't. I ain't even finna do that. All the people I follow on letterbox like this movie. So that was good. But, you know, sometimes you got them people who consistently are just like, nah, fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you even like movies? <laughs> do you, no, do you even enjoy, they do not. Do you even enjoy this? You could do something else. You could write about something else. I promise you, it's fine. <laughs> but speaking of the score, <laughs> as I have been saying for damn near a, a year now, the score, it just, it's the lifeblood, man. It's just, it just all fits. It fits so well. There are so many parts in the movie I was like, Ooh, like I was in the theater and I was like, girl, hold it together. <laughs> and that cello would come in and I was like, oh no, love is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so beautiful because the score was composed by my guy, Nicholas Patel, 
who most people know him as the guy who composed the the um, the theme song for Succession and that score, which is great. Um, he's also done the score for Moonlight. I think he's done the score for like like Vice maybe and like The Big Short. He's done a lot of things. Um, I'm mostly familiar with the Succession score and If Bill Street Could Talk because <sighs> the song Eros, bitch. Okay. It's un like it I cannot like it feels exactly how I would imagine falling in love would be. Like it just fits. Like there were so many parts where it would come in and I'll be like, oh no. My heart can't take anymore. <laughs> I can't take no more love. But it literally feels like like springtime. It feels like the flowers opening. It feels like I don't know. This like feels so warm and it just it just builds so nicely and and cuz this is completely like this is a score that's completely instrumental. And the score actually has like a lot of jazz on it too, but um this one is more I feel like this would be more of like a classic instrumental and the cello is played by his wife Caitlin Sullivan, which I was like, look at this husband and wife team making this shit happen. I love to see it. I would pay money for Nicholas Bertel to come to my house and play this song for me. I was like, okay, I watched this movie the other day and then I started my day off listening to that song just like on repeat because it was stuck in my head. And I was like, damn, I was like, damn, like. If I were to ever get married, my Mountain Dew themed wedding, oh I God. want this song to be played. Like <laughs> I want this song to be played at my wedding. I have no plans to get married. I cannot even fathom. <laughs> but like if it was to happen, like I would want this as like the soundtrack to so many things, like the montage of my life. And then at the reception, when Megan flipped this beat. And raps over it, bitch. Brittany wants Megan Thee Stallion to rap over Eros. Yes. Y'all, okay. Y'all go to Spotify, Apple Music. Y'all listen to it. And just <laughs> imagine her ad, just pick, like, imagine her ad libs. Ad libs alone on top of the beat. Just ad libs alone on top of the I've been talking to Ashley about this for like two days. Just ad libs alone. <laughs> And then sprinkle just a little nasty stuff on top. That's that's really all you need. That's all you need. Just a little bit. Just Get that bit. honeymoon night popping, bruh. That's all you need. Bruh, like I, this is, I think this is my number one song actually on Spotify last year. This was like my top song. I listened to this song and then right after that was Big Ol' Freak. <laughs> So I contain multitudes. <laughs> Black women are not a monolith. We contain multitudes. This is my brand. It is literally Eros and then Big Ol' Freak and then Tierra Whack and then Rico Nasty. There you go. <sighs> I had an interesting year. <laughs> but it is, it's like a song that just, I don't know, there's nothing about it. It just like builds so nicely and it just like, I don't know, it just feels so fluttery and like beautiful and just like, oh my God, like I cannot believe. And I I watched this interview with Nicholas and Barry. They're on some like, I don't know, like some news station or something. 
and they were talking about how they like basically like get together which i think so barry met nicholas through plan b which is the production company shout out to my baby brad pitt and they <laughs> like somebody at plan b connected them because he was looking for somebody to score moonlight and they sort of met and they like talked and i think they had like cocktails or something like that and nobody has done like the due diligence to send him nicholas's work <laughs> so barry barry just like hired him just off the strength of like just them hanging out and like getting to know each other and I think even this for this one like they just kind of <laughs> Nicholas and they like got Shake Shack or some shit and just got together and started talking about like the movie and and stuff and and I want to um I want to watch more of like how he kind of like scored this in particular but I know he has talked about especially because there's like references to jazz and stuff and it I feel like it would be appropriate um given that it is Harlem to just kind of like evoke some of that and also I think Nicholas is actually from New York so I think he would have like a little bit more of connection to like New York history and that kind of thing but it's just like god damn you're so talented and I'm still mad that he lost that Oscar to fucking Black Panther like <laughs> like it just pisses me off because he's so fucking talented I'm so glad he won I think he won an Emmy for the secession theme or the score. I can't remember which one it was, but the talent, bitch, the talent, the talent tree is there. And I just love him. I stand. She does. I stand. I absolutely stand. If you look at my Twitter header, I stand. <laughs> she does. So <laughs> I guess we should like get into the movie. I don't know how we want to do this. Like we want to go like see my scene. Do we want to do... You know, what, what, because there's so much to take in. Um, I feel like, I feel like this movie would be better served maybe talking about like some of the concepts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like love and like, of course you got the themes of romantic love. You got familial love. Mm-hmm. With- there's a lot of different types of love. Love between friends. Mm-hmm. And like Tish and her mom, and like what her mom was willing to do for the love of her daughter and her dad. Oh my god, I was thinking about this earlier. I loved the stuff with her mom and her dad because, like, I mean, black people like to joke about the shit that their parents would do to them if they did something wrong, and. You know, for a while, I used to find it, like, hilarious because it's, like, it's something, like, relatable. Like, haha, my parents, like, totally beat my ass when I did this. But then when you really get down to it, like, that's so sad because, like, there's so many people who feel like they can't come to their parents when they're in trouble or when something is serious. Like, if you're having a baby with your boyfriend your boyfriend's in jail, (laughs) like, like, what can you, like, some people just would not. They couldn't even fathom going to your parents or if they did go to their parents, it'd be like a whole thing. And her parents were so welcoming of it, especially like her dad. I thought her dad was going to be the one to be like, the fuck? That's kind of like the starting jumping off point of the movies, really. Right. Yeah, because she has to tell Fani that she is pregnant. He's already in jail when he tells her. Um... 
and he's very excited but he's also like well did you tell like your parents and and all that and she's like no i'm gonna tell them um like i came to tell you first and then she goes home and she has to tell her mom i think she tells her mom and her sister shout out to regina king the beautiful lovely regina king and also tiana paris which she's so pretty oh my god and oh she, she so is pretty. so pretty and, and body. Them pants, girl, the pants was fitting. I feel like she was underserved. I was actually upset that she didn't have more to do in this movie. I feel like she her part was good, but I feel like the last couple of things that I've seen her in, I was upset about it. Was it because she's it? I mean so so she's talented, she's so good. All I know is from, like, Dear White People and Mad Men. Because I think the first time I ever saw her was in Mad Men. And I didn't realize that I think once we watched Dear White People, I was like, oh, shit, this is Dawn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I watched Dear White People and then I also watched 10 Minutes of Chirac. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you, Spike Lee. And I turned (laughs) it off. I got mad. And I was like, you know what? I deserve better than this. And then I turned it off. Yeah, I... I don't Spike recognize. Do me dirty. I don't recognize most of these. Although she's in the photograph, she's also going to be in Candy Candy Man. Man. <laughs> with yeah, yeah, girl, yeah. How do you say it? Don't do it. No, no, don't do it. Because he ever finds it, he replies to people on Twitter. Don't do this. no, because what? Okay, don't do me. Don't do me. Because arrows might be playing at our wedding. Okay. 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 I can't wait to see um, Mrs. Brittany Abdul Mateen the second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's like, it's so bad. It's like somebody put like a two. In the binary of a robot. <laughs> we try to pronounce. Brittany trying to pronounce that man's name, child. I'm like, gotta get it out. <laughs> he is too fine. Brittany, you had a good idea that he should be in, in a in a Barry Jenkins because close up. That oh, I, the, it, it could nobody can handle it. Like Bitch, no, have- y- y'all couldn't handle Watchmen. Y'all couldn't handle Watch. I mean. For reasons y'all couldn't handle watching, but <laughs> but imagine like the close-up the close. and the swelling of the music and Ooh. like just the the beautiful you know the the cinematography, <laughs> the cinematography, that cinematography <laughs> sprinkled over it, just a little hint, Ooh, a little dabble. Ooh. Like oh my god, it was like, oh Barry would do him very well. Because Barry is really good at lighting faces or whoever he works with. I don't I don't know if I know the let me find the cinema I'm a cinematographer. <laughs> the cinematographer. Girl. <laughs> but it's think, James Laxton. He works with Barry on everything. He does his job. He well, is very talented. Shout out to you, sir. Um yeah, I feel like Tiana is 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 not utilized to the best of her. Like, I feel like they could use her in more things. Like, she could be, like, just, like, the actress 
And although she's supposed to be in WandaVision, I don't know how much how much she's supposed to be in it. That that And she's also supposed to be in a movie that Barry is writing called Charm City Kings, which I think is the one is that the one about Meek Mill? That is the one yeah, about Meek Mill. That's what Meek Mills. So I think Barry Jenkins came up with the story with along with two other people and then the screenplay is done by somebody else. So that should be interesting because Baltimore has the best accents <laughs> ever. I'm not going to comment because I'm not going to comment. No, nah, they're great. No, we love them. <laughs> so um, she's, yeah. And uh, is she, she's in the photograph. Is she the mom in the photograph or is she somebody else? I don't know. I don't think she is the mom. I think she's, that's somebody else. I don't, I didn't know she was in this movie, but I feel like, Maybe she's one of her friends. Uh, yeah. Because I can't remember if she's in that scene where they're all like sitting around drinking wine and talking or something. But that movie's coming out. Um, Fra- Valentine's Day? Yeah, this week, which I thought was kind of fucking weird because people were like, this is the first time we're seeing black people in love on screen. And I was like, how fucking old are y'all? Black people be in love on screen all the time. I mean, Jason... From Jason's lyric, wait, oh let me make God. sure that's correct, because I feel like <laughs> that Jason's lyric. I think they were saying since love and basketball. Oh, and I was like, that isn't true. That's not even a love story. But Jay, again, to prove my point, Jason was not like he was blowing backs out in that TV shop. You know what? You need to be. You just need your internet that's- access revoked. No, <laughs> he was blowing backs out in that TV no, shop after hours. It's time that you. That's his black love. No, we just need to catch our internet access entirely. It's but just, it's just a fact. Um, who else? Who else is in this movie? A lot of people are actually in this movie. I guess we should say. Um, you got Coleman Domingo as the mm-hmm. father, Joseph. Yes. yes. You got Michael Beach. Who I still have not forgiven for fucking family, but who is Michael Beach? Oh, oh, Bonnie's dad. You know what? He's like, I feel like he's he's in so many movies. (laughs) He's just like he fucked cousin Faith, and I have not forgiven him. But wait, did he? Yes, (gasps) he did. Yes, we did an episode on Soul Food, Ashley. But I don't know, like, sometimes, you know how there be these actors, like, for some reason, like, for black actors specifically, you just always have these actors, you're just like, oh, yeah, you always be playing this dude. (laughs) And I feel like that's him. So, I have not forgiven him for that, but... He's in a lot of TV shows, that's what it is. He pops up on TV all the time. He was, wasn't he on, like, ER or something? Uh, or ER adjacent? I don't think I don't. Yes, he was on ER for like two years. Was he the? He was the husband and waiting to exhale no. with the lover and the secretary. Um, oh yes, he was. Yes, he was. So he was too raggedy, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he was Bernie's husband, right? That was cheating on her with the secretary, and she burned all his shit up. Yes, that was that was him. I was trying to figure out, I was like, wasn't he like another movie where he was trash? <laughs> <laughs> she heard all this shit up. He's a good person in this movie. Moment. The, the dads are great people in this movie, which I was happy about because like, 
you know, I feel like a lot of, so a lot of people are daddy's girls, but a lot of, a lot of people, especially now that some of y'all are like hashtag girl dad or whatever the fuck y'all were trying to be last week, like, y'all be saying stuff, but then like, when it really comes down to it, it's like, I don't want my daughter to be a hoe and da 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 like, and her dad yeah. could totally just had like gone off on her and he didn't, he was so like genuine he's like well like like he was asking like this is what y'all been doing for like the last like two three months i think they were only dating for like a few months like they weren't they hadn't been dating for very long when all this like went down and he wasn't even asking it like in a malicious way he was just like i'm just asking because you're young and like i'm really happy this is like something to celebrate um and like (laughs) Fonny's dad is also happy. His mama is not happy, but his mama is somebody we can come to, which I don't know who she's played by. Um, um I don't recognize her. Oh, but she's been in a lot. Oh, you know what? I know who I do recognize her. She just looks a lot different because I think she had like a whole ass wig on in this movie that made her look a lot different. I want to say her name is Anjanou Ellis. Yeah, she was um she was sister under, girl. She was an undercover girl. brother. And she was also in Ray. She was also in The Help, which is a movie I have never seen. Never will probably ever see. So sorry. Um I've seen apparently she popped up in a lot of stuff. She's not I love you, Philip Morris. Like No, I've a, seen that a long time ago. Yeah, she was also in Birth of a Nation, which is uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she also acts a lot on that. TV as well. So she's I think she's like kind of one of those actresses that you see a lot. Um But yeah, like I mean Brian Tyree Henry's also in this movie. He's fantastic. He's like one of like the I feel like he's he's kind of like one of the defining moments of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um uh, just with his portrayal and, and that stuff. That's a scene I definitely want to talk about. But um, Brian Tyree Henry had, like, a great 2019, great 2018. He'd just be popping up in all kinds of shit. Like, the negotiations are happening over there. Yeah. Uh, he's going like, to be in a lot more stuff, too. What is he about to be in? He's going to be in that movie that that one dude got real buff for. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta help me out. That one dude, the dude, the dude, the dude. Y'all know. Who oh, y'all um, um, oh, Camille. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's um, gonna be in a. Th- yeah. My baby, my Scottish baby, and your baby too. Shit, don't be acting like you don't know. Who? Danny, as Dalvin would do. Who? You, you don't know what that is. You don't know Jon Snow. <laughs> oh little, little baby boy little, little I have little literally little prince. I have no interest in seeing another Marvel movie until I'm at least 40 or 50 years old <laughs> give me a decade or two and I will be ready but apparently this is going to be a big deal um, it's like their next big ensemble movie so um, I don't Ashley, she knows she's going to see that one movie. Wait, let me go find that one. This one's probably going to come out in like 2059. What movie? Wait, let me find it. The... 
Wait, I, damn, I can't even find it because <laughs> so many fucking movies. Who? Actually, Ryan Tyree Henry? No, uh, Tony Lung in it. He's going to be the, um, the Mandarin. Oh, yes. Tony Long is going to be the Mandarin. I want y'all to keep y'all's little, y'all little weirdness. <laughs> keep that real cute. I won't stand for any bullshit when he's in this movie. Ashley will beat your ass. No, but- this is like a, this is a life, this is a long, long standing thing. I won't have it. I won't have it. I won't gatekeep, but I won't have it. <laughs> okay. God damn it. They actually just finished filming Eternals. So we gonna get that press tour. Scottish Bay is about to pop. Uh, uh, mm. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, but anyways, back to um, I feel like that's all the people. Well, no, there's also like a bunch of cameos, which I like was. So when I go see movies, like I don't really be doing too much investigating, like pre-investigating. I'm usually like, okay, I'll get a trailer and be good or whatever. And when I saw this movie, like, bitch, I did not know. Like, Diego Luna was just, like, popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, he sure did. He popped he up, and I was like, sure all right. Did. And then, girl, Dave Franco popped up. He sure did. He sure did. I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> I was like, where did he come from? His little, his little, did he have on, like, long socks and sandals on or some shit? I think he did. God bless. <laughs> God bless. It was a he mess. Had on, he had it on was... cookout shoes, y'all. He had on clothes in Uncle Sam's. He had on your uncle's cookout shoes with the strap they then lived in because they're his faithful, <laughs> his faithful fucking shoes. And then my other boo, Pedro Pascal. He showed was... up. Not expecting that. All of like two minutes of him, I was like, hello. I can't believe that I was blessed in this way so many times over. Barry, this casting, I don't know, like, if you worked with them directly, did they bring them to you? Did you say, hey, I'm doing this movie, come through? Like, what did you do? But like, this is just, 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 girl. Yeah. Were you watching like American Horror Story and say, hey, I want Zaddy Zandy in oh, my God. movie? <laughs> I cannot see him as other than Z- and Dandy from <laughs> Dandy Mott from American Horror Story for show. He's, he plays the lawyer, which he has an interesting role too, which we'll get, to, I guess when we talk about him, we can talk about that. But I guess we should go back to the beginning. Now we've gone on like 18,000 tangents about how everybody's fine and beautiful. Yes. Um, which we didn't even talk about the people who played. <laughs> we were talking about Fani and, and, and Tish. I'll let you talk about your Fani. I'll let you talk about Fani. Okay, first of all, Kiki Lane is beautiful. Kiki um, is adorable. She's she talented. I, I can't wait to see what she does next. This was her like first like major, major film role and she mm-hmm. killed it. Like... Yeah, I she did an amazing job. I'd never heard of her before this, and and she um she's just so good, and she's just so like you just like feel for her because her eyes are so big, and she just has this big old smile. You're just like, and there's so much of this movie is like talking to the camera when they're talking to somebody, like they're looking directly at you. 
So like you see so much of her emotions and stuff. And like, I feel like if you're an actor who got the camera on you so closely, like Barry be putting the camera like in their fucking grill, like (laughs) you have to be able to like do like a lot of like emoting, but not be so over the top. It just feels so natural. She's like so like such a natural actress. And like all like every time she looked at Fani, I was like, girl, I know. I know. (laughs) Because let me tell you. (laughs) <laughs> apparently he pronounces it i was saying stefan i think he says stefan as in like stefan from you know from urko yes Urkel, <laughs> <laughs> not urkel girl <laughs> so like this is just like great casting on whoever's part because the way like there's so much of this movie that that Stefan has to look at the camera because he's in jail. He's on the inside. So like you have a lot of parts like the pre jail scenes where he's like out and stuff and he and there's still a lot of like parts where he's looking at the camera because he's looking at Tish and he's looking at her like he like she is the love of his life. He can't do nothing without her. He can't wait to start a new life. And like I feel like you have to be very charismatic, which he is. There's so many parts in this where there's, like, a lot of, like, loving teasing. And, like, on anybody else, I'm like, oh, my God. Fucking yeet me off a mountain. Like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> but, like, in this scene, I was like, this is so cute. This is adorable. Oh, my God. Young love. They're so adorable. And, like, I feel like he just has so much magnitude to where you want to look at him. Like, not only because he's fine. Like, <laughs> he's so fine. But also, just, just. I don't know. He has a lot of like gravitas. Like you just want to keep looking at him because um, I mentioned this like forever ago. I forget like what episode we talked about, but he was on a show called Homecoming on Amazon where it was pretty much the exact same thing. Like he had to look at the camera because he's talking to like his therapist, like Julia Roberts. (laughs) He's talking to Julia Roberts. But a lot of it is just like focusing in on his like face and he's talking and and you have to be interested because like sometimes when you like it's just two people talking and they're not like like you're not seeing them face to face. Like they're actually like when they're actually looking at the camera looking at you talking like you have to be interested in that and he's just so good. I just want to listen to whatever he has to say about whatever. God bless Canada. Shout out to Toronto. He's Canadian? He is Canadian. He is from Toronto, Ontario. Canadian? He's on Degrassi. He is Canadian. His family is Jamaican. Ah! According to according to the Wikipedias. But, um, yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, some things I haven't seen. Like, he was in, like, Race. <laughs> he was in Selma. Um, and a few other things. And he was on Degrassi. <laughs> He was on um, for eight episodes. This ooh, is way ben, after. Wait, he was on the L.A. Complex. And I let me. What season of L.A. Complex? Because wait, know what that is. Girl, oh, you need to get series? it. Okay, you need to get into the L.A. Complex because okay. <laughs> L.A. Complex is fun. He's also on Shots Fired, which I never watched. That was. Oh, that's what he was, um... I think you realize this in the episode that we talked about, too. Because <laughs> wasn't it when... Who was in Shots Fire, wasn't it? Sanaa oh, Lathan. 
Yeah, and you were like, "Aren't they gonna get together?" And I was like, "Girl, I don't know. I didn't watch that. <laughs> I didn't finish watching it because then I, I was I, not in the mood to see anything about police shootings and shit like that. Like, I don't, I don't. Not me, sir. Not I was just I. like wondering, like, so is y'all gone? And that's what you said in the last episode when we talked about this. <laughs> and then I was like, I lost interest because they didn't get to it fast enough. And then I, I was know, like, that, okay. That's the best so, part because shit was only 10 episodes. <laughs> Pretty much like, <laughs> get to it. <laughs> if y'all don't move fast enough for me, then it's just <laughs> no reason <laughs> for me to continue. I hope he does more things. Um, I don't really know what he has like on the horizon. but I just He's going to be in a Marvel movie. No, I'm lying. Y'all, like, you not gonna get me. I'm sorry, bruh. Like, I'm sorry, Kevin, and all the rest of you niggas over here. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. He might he he might pop up in a Marvel movie. I mean, everybody's popping up in a Marvel movie. That's fine. Good job or whatever. No, I just, I don't want to watch another superhero movie. I really, I just, I don't. That's not even against anybody specifically. I genuinely do not want to see another one, which is why I haven't seen a lot of the movies that came out last year, simply because no thanks. So I guess back to <laughs> the scene. Um, I really like the scene mostly because of the family and how they rally around to support her. and Nobody shunned her for being like, having a baby out of wedlock and having a baby when she's like 19 and and all that because that totally could have gone that so way. yeah like so many you don't i feel like sometimes i forget how conservative black people can be until i'm around like a lot of like elders <laughs> and i'm like ooh or if i talk to like certain family members long enough i'm like ooh yeah no thanks I, I forgot this is how we be sometimes. Yeah. Which is so like, like black familial love is so strong. But when like, when your family members don't see it for you, girl, it's a mess. <laughs> it is a mess, girl. If you step out of like that one, if you like put a toe out of that one box that they have you in, bitch. Mm-hmm. sometimes just, it's over yeah and it's really fucked up and Fonny's parents are definitely well his mama and his sisters are definitely the type because his mama is like one of those like OD I'm just praying for my boy that he sees the light of his misguided ways I was like what did he even do Like they that's what really I was trying said, to figure out myself like is it like, because he <laughs> dropped out of school to do I would say he's an he's an artist. He he's is an artiste. He's like like Mike from Magic Mike, you know. Oh my god, I can't believe you. <laughs> you had to go left. You had to go left. <laughs> they they're artisans. Yes, he originally went to like a trade. Like first he was, I think he was a dishwasher, a short order cook, and then he went to trade school. Because Tish said they go to, he went to trade school where he made all kinds of shitty things. I was like, damn, Trish. <laughs> damn, She girl. got for real. Tish, why you do him like that? <laughs> but he makes, like, sculptures. Nobody really understands him. But, like, I feel like it's interesting, too, because we never really see that many, like, black men making art like that. Yeah. 
I can't really recount some. If you know some. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> Jesus like Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, Jesus made, probably made some stuff like that. And that's, let me not continue. I'm sitting here trying to remember my Bible verses and shit. Like, was he, was it Jesus? Jesus was, was a carpenter. So Jesus probably got a little experimental from time to time. Probably trying out some new shit. Like, y'all, I know I just made a table the other day, but look at this. I'm on Christianity.com trying to see. <laughs> <laughs> they are mad that I have an ad blocker. But they also have a picture of, of the president sitting chilling right here. So, uh, like, I can have Ashley, please <laughs> leave that site alone. They were trying to ask if Jesus really was a carpenter. And I wanted to know because my heathen ass hasn't stepped foot in a church in a while. In a while. <laughs> you should. <laughs> uh, oh, because Joseph was a carpenter. You know what? This doesn't matter. Fani is a carpenter. <laughs> this doesn't matter. But he lives in like an apartment, like a basement apartment, kind of like a shitty one. But he doesn't live at home anymore. Um, which they don't really go into like why he left. But you can see like once you beat his family members that they are. Yeah, I would be out too. Uh, just oof, no, thank you. But his sisters don't like Tish. They don't like their family. They really don't like their family in general. Um, and some of this part is kind of humorous, like when. when when Tish's mom was like, oh, yeah, the Lord works in mysterious ways and looks at Tish. you like, you gonna have to tell her, girl. <laughs> like, it's such a mess. And um, actually, I didn't realize how 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 uh, Ernestine visited Tiana, um, how some of the things she was saying. She was like, I didn't know you could say the word come. <laughs> And she's like, don't I want yes. you? I'm like, what? What'd she say? Like, something about, like, nobody wants to fuck you or something? And I was like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> my goodness. But they're really, like, stuck up, really sort of churchy people. But then, like, also there's a rift between the the mama and the daughters and then the dad, Fonny's dad, because he's just like, I'm happy for this to happen. And his mom is all talking about, oh, I've just been running up and down the Bronx trying to look for legal advice and Tish is like okay well what about the person that we have found um like a couple days ago and she was like oh I mean I didn't have enough I didn't have a chance to speak to them yet and I was like so are you even really doing anything to get your son out of jail no she not she doesn't care I feel like they thought that he actually did rape that woman because at one point they were kind of like oh, this is, like, maybe this is, like, God's plan for him to be in jail. And I was like, is it really God's plan for anybody to be in jail? Mm. Yeah, they have a whole following. Like, her, I guess we don't see the mama for the rest of the movie, like, the Fonny's mother and the sisters, because <laughs> their daddy ended up slapping the shit out of her. And I was like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> so I was not expecting that. And I was, was like, wait, what? Why we take this turn? What be going on Thon House? But they yeah. And I think Regina has her best line where she was like, you know, it doesn't really matter how the baby, like this is your grandchild. Like who cares how it got here? Like you should be happy that that a new life is coming. Yeah, this is after the grandmother like basically cursed the baby to abort itself. Yeah. 
God. She's like, I hope it rithers up in your womb. And I was like, what? Yeah. This is awful. And I was like, why would you wish that on somebody? That's that's your grandchild. Like, did you forget? That's your son's child? Yeah. That was wild. That shit was crazy. And I was like, I'm glad you're kind of showing how ridiculous sometimes black people could be when they are in the church. Because sometimes... I guess the you know, I guess since you paid your tithes and offerings and shit that you think you were just high and mighty and, and all that garbage. I'm just like you really, that don't make you better than nobody else because you go to church and then you curse your fucking grandchild like that. Like that's mm-hmm. like wholly unnecessary. I don't know why. Like that's so disgusting to me. That that's what prompted the. Uh... Michael Beach's character to slap her. Yeah. Like, why would you say? And then, I mean, she did one of them. I think it was the mama or the sister or whatever. was like, who's going to take care of this baby? And everybody's like, we going to take care of the baby. Like, don't worry about how it's going to happen or, or what we're going to do. The specifics, like, just like be happy and be blessed that there's a baby coming. Yeah. Like they kind of, are trying to make the most of the situation. Like Bonnie's not here, but we have a piece of him here. Yeah. And they're like, not even pressed about them, like not being married and stuff, which I think Bonnie is the only one who's like pressed about it. And also he's pressed about it because like, she's going to have the baby and he's going to be in jail mm-hmm. most likely. So like, he doesn't really want that to happen, which I don't think anybody would want to be behind bars when their baby is being born or not be anywhere near the baby when it's born um but girl like (laughs) oh his family is raggedy uh (laughs) so i think like like the movie kind of goes back and forth like we said because you kind of see like how they start falling in love with each other because fanny had come over one day and brought like this weird sculpture to give to his mom or give to her mama (laughs) And they, like, are hanging out. Um, and I love this part when he was like, oh, do you want to come? Like, you know, do you want to go get something to eat? You want a little wine? You want a little pot or a little beer? And I was like, I love this. It was so cute. It was it so was. cute. It was cute. It was, it was so cute. cute. They're so cute together. When they ride on the subway, he's just, like, looking at her like she's, like, the greatest thing ever. And I was like... And they're literally dressed alike a little they, bit. They are. They go and like kiss in the first like scene or whatever. Like they're both wearing like blue and yellow. But like the inverse of each other. And I was like, ooh, soulmates. Soulmates. <laughs> What's like the modern day equivalent? Like wearing the same Jordans or whatever? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Listen, if you got it like that, go ahead. <laughs> and I think um, he takes her to the restaurant with, with Diego Luna, which he speaks Spanish, a little bit of Spanish. And she was like, she was like, I feel like I did not realize that you had a life outside of like our little world. Like you out here speaking Spanish with people and stuff like. Like, this is a whole new type of thing. She, you can just see it in her face like, hmm, I'm being introduced to this man all over again. This is great. 
And she's like so enamored with him. Like she is. I don't blame you, girl. You can see it in the like in her eyes, the way she looks at him, like the way the movie kind of like just slows down and captures that moment of her falling in love with him again. Like the movie in the time that they spend together with each other, you capture these moments where they fall in love with each other over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. It's so cute. It's oh, so love. beautiful, y'all. It's beautiful, y'all. It's so beautiful. Love is real. <laughs> Allegedly. I mean, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard sources that say. <laughs> sources claim that this shit is lit. <laughs> Listen, if my boo looked like Stefan James, then I would feel like love is real, too. I mean. Girl, when he pulled up to that one award show in that red suit... With the, like, the, cre- the velvet one, the velvet top. Ooh, bitch, is that velvet? <laughs> <laughs> I said, this is a love that will last forever. <laughs> oh, so I think this is like, oh my God, the sex scene. This is actually a pretty long sex scene. Like, it's not a sex scene, sex scene, but it's like, you know, because I think at one point he was like, oh, come home with me. And she was like, oh, come see my place. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then she was like, it's late. And she's like, yeah, but I forget what his little excuse was. I was like, it works. If anybody else did this, I'd be like, niggas. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was just so sweet. He was just kind of like shy, like, come see my place. And I was like, oh, and he's got this little like, little janky little apartment but it's his apartment so he's living on his own um and it's like some i forget what song it is it's like a jazz song i think they put on first is first is fucking arrows (laughs) first is arrows (laughs) and i was like oh here we go bitch and then it like slowly changes because one of them puts on like a record like a jazz record and it's just so sweet. Like, it's not even, it's that raunchy. For as long as the fucking scene is, because it's really long, <laughs> there's nothing raunchy about it. I feel like some people, some directors, when they have like a really long, like, stretch of like a love scene or whatever, like, y'all be pushing it. <laughs> some, <laughs> y'all be pushing know. it. So I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm even want to watch this no more. <laughs> It made me think of the, some of the scenes from Less Caution. I don't know. Not Girl. like <laughs> not like this scene was like Less Caution, but some of the scenes of Less Caution was like, wait. I think it I like, was more shocked than anything. <laughs> because I was just like, first of all, first of all, the movie's NC-17, right? So like, I was like, no, you know, like, okay, this is what we getting. Like, we getting some... And I was like, you can do that. <laughs> I wasn't ex- like, I thought it would be like overblown. I was like, it's probably NC-17 for like no reason. It's probably like Western audiences probably aren't used to what they're doing. And it's oh, just yeah. like no big deal. And I was like, oh, so that was kind of like fucking fucking then a little bit. So, <laughs> so like- that's what we do it. I got it. Angley, cool. Angley be doing some stuff. 
like, okay, so you gonna do this? Okay, girl. Okay, I, think I the, see you. I think the only other movie I've seen that has been like that explicit was Blue is the Warmest Color. But apparently that director is a fucking creep. Yeah, he jail for him. Jail. The guillotine. Guillotine, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Chair, but make it electric. <laughs> Like, yeah, because I remember that scene was really long, which I think that was, like, the first time I've ever seen, like, a lesbian sex scene, like, that explicit, that was, like, in a movie, <laughs> and I was like, okay, but then I was like, then you hear about it, like, later, and you're just kind of like, oh, he's kind of skeevy, like, was this, like, for actual, like, representation's sake, or were you just being nasty? I think for him, it's probably, like, the latter. Yeah, because even when I was watching it, I was like, okay. And I was like, wait, it's still happening. And then I was like, I'm sure this is great for people who, like, have always wanted to see, like, a lesbian sex scene. Like, like, lesbians who want to see a lesbian sex scene on screen. Because, like, I mean, they usually don't get that. But, girl. (laughs) Now that I look back and I'm like, ew, I don't know. Like, if you're actually doing this for, like, the movie's sake. Or are you just being kind of overstepping your bounds as a director? <laughs> Which is sad because like that should be like a like a groundbreaking moment in film without you with your weirdness coming into it. I mean, other than that, the movie's good. <laughs> but he's just yeah, creepy, creepy directors. But I feel like this scene in If Bill Street Could Talk, like this is sort of like another like an added layer of intimacy. For them, like for the, like you can see how intimate they are because it's like, he's very delicate and careful with her and stuff. He just treats her like she's just like the most precious thing on earth. And I'm just like, oh, I can't. (laughs) It's beautiful. He really cares about her, bro. (laughs) I'm Verklempt. Yeah, they, you can tell they just, it's genuine, like soulmates like and one thing that I like when watching the movie that I liked when they would talk about well when Tish talks about their love story is like she never thought of him in that way until a certain moment yeah like she was saying like yeah we took baths together and I dumped water over his head but I never thought about him that way Mm -hmm. until now yeah and I was like oh yeah, sometimes you just be having that moment where shit clicks and you're just like, oh, hello. I recognize you as an actual human being <laughs> and not my neighbor or my friend from around the way. Oh, my God. I forgot, too, when he asked her, did you like it? Ah! <laughs> I just woke up the dog. But, ah! <laughs> you scared Batty Bell. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, let me out this room. <laughs> that was such a sweet moment. I, see, again, I just, oh, that wrote, that weird teasing that men usually do that borders on like negging. <laughs> I hate it so much. But this was just very sweet. Yeah. It's it just so cute. Which makes it even worse when the shit that happens later <laughs> happens. Yeah. So, 
do we want to talk about like how he ends up in jail? Yeah. So this scene ends up, this is kind of later on because they, so Tish and Fani, um, I don't know when it's like established, but they decide to like move in together. This is before she knows she's pregnant and stuff like that. And, um, they have been looking for a house um, or not a house, but like an apartment. And apparently there's all these apartments out in New York city, which, um, is hilarious to me now because I think the same thing is actually happening at this, like in the year 2020, where there's all these apartments that are just empty. Um, but for this reason specifically is that they just don't want to rent. Nobody wants to rent to them because they're black. So like she'll go look for an apartment. He'll go look for an apartment. They found an apartment, but then he didn't, re- like, the, the landlord didn't realize that she was booed up, and so she saw him, and she was like, he was like, oh, no, 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 I can't rent to y'all. I have, my family's coming from over from, like, Romania or some shit. So he, they get all these excuses, and they finally rent an apartment from, from Dave Franco. I'm so this... glad it was Dave and not, I think his name is Le- Levy. Yeah, this scene was so, oh my God. Oh my God. This scene, this is a scene that kind of like really sold me on the movie. Like, where's, where's my Fani? Where, where, where is my Fani? Where Where is my Fani? Where my Fani universe? Where is he? But anyway, (laughs) so this is a scene that really sold me on the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... The place, it, it's a warehouse. Yeah, it's like a warehouse so, loft that would probably go for like two or three million dollars today. That had like no walls, no nothing. It, like it wasn't finished. Um, I don't know like what the plans were for it, but eventually there were going to be walls and stuff. <laughs> it's nothing. Like it's just, it's dirty. It's just full of leftover things from when it was a warehouse. And it's just like gross and Tish is in there like, girl. I don't want to live here. <laughs> like, I don't want to live here. Like, I, I do not see what you see. Why do you have me here? Yes. And Fani is like, don't worry about it. Like, ima- like, picture this. Like, okay, it's gonna be walls here. We gonna have like a kitchen here. Our bedroom is gonna be here. And she's kind of like going along with them. And then he's like, okay. Um, we gonna put the kitchen here and I can move in our fridge and then mm-hmm. he like pretends... pretending to like lift up a fridge. And I was like, Oh my god, he's using the power of imagination <laughs> to, sell <laughs> <her> <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> to sell her on the space. And he's getting like Levy to help him move move the fridge mm-hmm. and the stove all for her. Like all to get her to buy into this idea, to buy into his dream, to buy into their dream, to their yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, <laughs> this love, this is love, this is black love, this is, oh my God. <laughs> I like how, too, they just basically totally, like, <laughs> they were like, we don't got, we don't really have money. Like, well, and he's like, you know what, honestly, like, don't even worry about it. Like, I just like seeing two young people in love. <laughs> he was like, are you a hippie? And he was like, nah. He was like, I don't really care. He's, I feel like he's one of those kind of like colorblind type of people, which was like, mm, like, 
Because he was like, I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, purple. And I was like, ain't no purple niggas walking around out here, bro. Like, <laughs> I hate when people say that shit. I don't care if you're green, yellow, blue. <laughs> like, okay, well, like, we black, so, like, keep it to, like, reality. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, just get, he basically says, like, get your deposit together and, like, we, we work some now. And I'm like, it's the, the, it's like the thing they need because they've been looking for so long and like it's so discouraging and you just this like shit like that that makes you realize like it just basically like how much people hate black people because mm-hmm. you're just gonna not like you got the money but people don't people don't want your money because you black and they don't think that you're gonna be like responsible or keep up your end of the bargain so you're just gonna like not have any fucking housing at all which is also too it's one of the pictures they showed was like I feel like it's like when like the Bronx was like experiencing all the the arson all the arsons and and stuff and basically like there were squatters and and stuff like that because um like the 70s in New York bro (laughs) I meant to ask my mama and my grandma about this because my mom was born in New York shortly around like before this time so like she may or may not remember I don't know if my grandma remembers but I was sitting there thinking about it I was like y'all just basically letting these houses go to waste and ruin out in the Bronx or wherever and then you got all these fucking like apartments and lofts and shit just sitting there (laughs) so people who would like to actually like you basically just want them to go back to like wherever the fuck to live in some fucked up house (laughs) that's like basically should be condemned and I was like this is so garbage like that's all these people deserve that's what y'all think they just deserve that that's so raggedy and that whole thing too I was kind of I was about to get into like a research rabbit hole because I was like this kind of ties into like white flight and all kinds of stuff I was like this just all seems like y'all are punishing people for like living near you <laughs> yeah it's basically what everybody was like oh no we had telling it to like the suburbs we getting out the city and you're like oh, okay well uh all i see is black and brown people so uh upkeep now nah, we ain't doing that no more because i think at one point like tisha said like people have basically grown up thinking like they weren't shit and their whole environment like just reinforced it because it was just just broke down and awful. Yeah. So, but they end up getting the apartment. They're really excited. They go, they're like on the street and she's like, I'm gonna go get something for dinner. He said, what do you say? I think he was gonna go get something for like drinks or something. Like they're gonna go to two different corner stores. She's in the store getting food and this random ass white boy like starts pushing up on her. And here come Fonny, yeets his ass out the fucking, <laughs> out the store, and, um, like, basically tosses him on the ground, and here comes this white cop being like, what'd you do, and blah, 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 and they're telling the truth, like, this guy, like, assaulted her, basically, was, like, was harassing her, and he was about to take him to jail for, like, assault. And the dude had already ran away, so there's, like, no discussion with, like, the guy who was involved. The cop is just like, oh, well, okay, fuck it. We're taking you to jail. And really was about to, like, put him in handcuffs. And the only reason why he stopped is because 
the lady who owned the store was like, I know these kids, they're telling the truth. And what they say happened, happened. So you don't need to take him anywhere. And he's just kind of like, oh, you're going to cover for them. That's how you're going to run your business. And she was like, listen, <laughs> I've been here longer than you have. And I will be here long after you gone, which is such like an old lady thing to say. I will be here for life. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And he like looks at Fani. He's like, I got you, bruh. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll see you again. And I was like, oh, that's a threat. Yeah, it was cops. a total threat. And then later on, a woman named Victoria Rogers, she's like Puerto Rican. She's a Puerto Rican immigrant. She is raped. She goes to the police. The police, which is the same officer who tried to arrest him, say that it was him, that they chased him from, like, this one street, which is impossible because I think they arrested him at home, which I don't know how they found him at home. But um, it was, like, like miles away from where the incident actually happened. And they bring him to jail. They put him in a lineup. I think he's the only black man in the lineup from what I, I think is to be inferred. Um, I've seen it like in like in interviews and stuff. Um, and they tell her to say like this is him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to jail. Yeah. Which like the fuck? You were so focused on getting revenge, like you couldn't just do your job. Do the right thing. Like, not only do the right thing for your, like, do your job, but do the right thing for her. Do the right thing for her. Do the right thing for the neighborhood because, like, there's probably still a rapist running around because you decided to put somebody else in it. Because you got embarrassed. Bruh, like, you, I mean. Because you're racist and you got embarrassed by old lady. Your racism is actually stopping you from doing your job correctly. So then you go and do your job more incorrectly. And, just, and you right, cause awesome. more crime. Awesome his ass in, in jail. Like, fuck it. And it seems like the only people who believe that Fadi is innocent is, of course, Fadi because he's innocent. But Tish and her family and uh, Frank, his father. Yeah. And they all hustle to raise money. Like Bro Tish is have, like she's pregnant, um, but she's working at a, a department store as a perfume um, clerk. The first and, black woman to be in the clerk. <laughs> I think she's the first black woman to work in that department store. Mm-hmm. And she's getting like harassed by men of all races. Uh, yeah. When the guy, because like you know, sometimes guys be coming to you just be looking you up and down and shit. That's what the black guy, the black guy did. And then the white guy just straight up grabbed her hand because she puts it on. She's supposed to put it on her hand, like the sample or whatever, and like let people smell her. No, is she supposed to let people? Yeah, she's supposed to let people smell her wrist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like the black guys never grab her hand, but the white guys definitely like yank her shit over across the thing and then hold on her hand. I'm just like, ew, can you be less gross? Mm. <laughs> and her parents, I think her dad, I can't remember. I think they work in the garment district. 
mm-hmm. right? They end up stealing. Yeah, they just start like stealing from work to pay for the lawyer. Mm-hmm. They had um, a really good line, like basically about, I think it was Tish's dad. Because Frank is worried about money and he was like, well, did you ever have money before? Like, did you have money when you're raising these kids? Like, no, so don't worry about money now. Like, that's basically what white men want you to be worried about because they they fucking be stealing from everybody anyway. (laughs) And I was like, be direct with these niggas. (laughs) Be direct. Because he was basically like, we got them through without, like, having a bunch of money. Which is, I mean, of course, not ideal. But he was like, don't be worried. And I feel like he was basically insinuating that he'd been stealing. Hmm. I don't know if he had been. But basically, that's when the scheme starts. Like, they they don't tell Tish about it, but, like, she, she knows. So, everybody's kind of doing their part. I feel like it's earnest. Dean that knows um, Dandy the lawyer. Yeah. And what, like, Dandy, this man name ain't no damn Dandy. His name is not Dandy. What is his name? His name is Hayward. Hayward. Yes. Hayward the lawyer. He's supposed to be a lot older in the book. But they kind of used him as like a stand in for the, um, the crimes of white liberal men. <laughs> Very said it. I sent you the thing. I'm about to look it up right now. Because I he, read it. He didn't really like Tish kind of says like she didn't think he really gave a fuck at first about the case. And then I think as they started getting into it more and he realized how fucked up everything was because they were like stalling his case and like the judges we're doing shit and everybody was in like everybody who should have been doing their job wasn't doing their job because they didn't really give a fuck. And they you like read in the article, which we can link it. Um, I will have to find that, but I think I have it somewhere. It, it mentioned that like they made him younger. So it, um, his eyes are like beginning to open. Like he can start to see things work and how this would affect his work, his career earlier versus it affecting his career later in life. Yeah. Cause you know what? Like people be doing that whole sort of like, I feel like they, people always look to like to kill a mockingbird or something like that. <laughs> of like, Ooh, shout out to this white guy for helping. <laughs> like, ugh. and very straight up causes like passive allyship. Which is a lot. Like, a lot of people do that. Like, Girl. constantly. Like, all the fucking time. And you, like, you might be doing it right now. I feel like the height of the shit was really when, when after the election, when people were talking about, oh, if you want to know I'm an alley, then... Put this fucking safety paper pin. clip or some shit. Who decided that was like a good idea? Because that was the dumbest thing. So people were like, so when somebody's getting their like hijab like ripped off, like you just gonna show them their safety pin? And she's gonna be like, oh, okay, there's a cool white person. Like what? <laughs> what is that supposed to do? Are you gonna jump in and help? Or are you just gonna sit there and like, oh, look, I have a safety pin, you guys. I'm I'm an ally. I'm I'm sorry. Like I I forgot about 
all of that? Like, Ooh, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't seen it for so many people <laughs> since 2016. You have no idea. <laughs> but, like, white people started doing goofy shit like that. Girl, it just, like, why can't y'all, like, really, for real, like... <laughs> What it points to, to me, is like a lack of genuine empathy and understanding. And it's just kind of like, like, oh, I re- I retweeted this thing. So I did my part of like raising awareness. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you don't care, but you want to make it seem like you care. But yeah, you don't it's like care. Doing- Doing the bare minimum to say, oh, I helped these niggas do something like this. Like, like fucking dandy. Like, oh, like I took this black guy's case. Oh, look at me. And then, you know, when he really gets down to like the nitty gritty and he sees all these people that he, he has to like all this red tape and it's all like designed that way to be as like difficult as possible and shit like that. And people are just like, oh, well, you know hashtag and like not to say that like activism on twitter hasn't done some really amazing things but i feel like a lot of people do think they're doing a lot when they're not and even worse is when y'all get in the way (laughs) of people who are actually doing what should be done sometimes you just need to like take a step back shut the fuck up and let people do the work just move out the way man yeah Move out the way. Don't be a dandy. Don't be realizing too late. Because <laughs> he, uh, he really did. Like, he was just starting to realize. And this is something that's been happening forever because people have talked basically about how the prison system is just generally just, like, legalized slavery. Um, just, uh they've turned it into something that is for profit like slavery was and you're just leading like a endless line like you just have to keep feeding the machine to keep the profit going and I'm sure it was kind of like you know one of those things you're just like oh because that's it's so frustrating too when you be telling people shit like this and they don't believe you until they actually see it with their own eyes and just like what what was about my story was incredible <laughs> why wasn't what I just told you credible enough for you to believe me but yeah, the whole thing with the case is kind of fucked up um, because Victoria Rogers has actually disappeared and nobody knew where she went. Um, and it turns out she escaped to Puerto Rico, which I don't know how. They never go into that. I think it's her family basically got her back. Yeah, she went home. Yeah. Um, and that that whole thing, that kind of, I mean... Actually, let me save that <laughs> until we keep going. Um, never mind. There was another sex scene I wrote about it. <laughs> <laughs> I put even Stefan's back is beautiful because it was. Ma'am, oh. ma'am, 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 ma'am. I'm pretend- no. Do you need to be sprayed with water? You need to calm down. Don't spray me with the water like a dog. Like I'm doing ma'am. <laughs> ma'am, you need to calm down. <laughs> Bruh, um, there's also some scenes, too, when they talk about, like, Tish, because that baby was kicking her ass, bruh. Yeah, like, the first time the baby kicks, and she's visiting Fani in, in, in jail, and he's so, like, bewildered. He's, like, frightened. He thinks, like, she's in trouble, and he Bitch, starts shouting. 
<laughs> for the guy, he starts shouting for the guard, and I'm scared. He's scared, and then she's like, "It's okay." Like the baby just kicked, and you just see how helpless he looks. He don't know what he can't do nothing. Oh my god! Yes. The scenes with him, I should say too. The scenes with him in jail are also really good, like time markers, because at the beginning he seems very. Not optim, like not enthusiastic, because you mean God, it's like light. Like he has light in his eyes a little light. bit. He's, he's still got himself there, and then like over time, you can see like it just gets worse because she has to tell him his up the updates about the case and stuff, and so like you know he's frustrated because they can't find this woman who accused him, and then he doesn't know what to do because he. I mean, what's he gonna do from behind bars? They're the ones helping him out. And so you also see him start getting like a little rougher at one point. Oh, it was so bad when he, I guess he had been in a fight because she came, he came out and she was like, oh my God. Like she was so frightened and upset because he was skinny. He had definitely got molly whopped in the eye. <laughs> Somebody got him. So his eye was kind of bloody and, and he had bruises. And I was like, God look what y'all did to this boy <laughs> like this is so awful yeah just like tragic. that that was that hurt like oh <sighs> we gotta be destroying lives and shit for like literally this is for your pride officer motherfucker What's this officer's name? I don't even know. Uh, Officer Bail. Officer Bail, you bitch. <laughs> Officer Bail. You, you big fat oompa loompa body ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He was raggedy. No, I mean, he was wearing some raggedy. He was like just straight up racist and trash. Um, we didn't. T- oh, before we get any further, we skipped over how they're talking to uh to daniel who is is brian tyree henry yes that was one of uh Fonny's friends from back in the day mm-hmm. and the way he just came down the street it is like hey like i don't hey. know like it just <laughs> it's your boy <laughs> it's your it was boy, so daniel. happy <laughs> like hey hey <laughs> what's good <laughs> Because he was, yes. he was on parole, which is for a bogus crime. They said he has stolen a car. He didn't even know how to drive, <laughs> so he's like, "I'm gonna steal a car." I didn't, I didn't. I don't even know how to dri- operate a moving vehicle. And then he also had weed on him, so he was like, "Let me just go to jail for the car rather than go to jail for for a marijuana." Because I don't know, I don't know what weed laws were like in the seventies, but um. They're not much better now, I would assume. No. Because people be going to jail for a long time behind weed. <laughs> Which, like, if y'all don't get y'all ancient history asses out of the way, <laughs> like, oh my god. It's so dumb. This ugh. They be doing that shit on purpose, too. They don't want to update those laws, I bet. They're not. They need some reason to keep people in jail. Yeah, because how else are you going to just pick up people randomly off the street if you ain't got some bogus-ass reason to do it? Easier than going to get the real criminals, isn't it? <laughs> Much easier. Meet those quotas. So, 
Fonny invites Daniel back to their house. Tish goes and like gets them food to for dinner. And like I read like an interview with Barry. I think it's the same interview where he talks about Hayward, but he also talks about like how it was really important to sort of show like this this conversation between two black men and how you know, they start off as like, he's very jovial, like Dan, like we just say, what's up, it's your boy, Daniel. And then, as like, as they start talking, like, you realize, like, Daniel is not right. Like, he has been fucked up by his yeah. experience in jail. Like, he is, all that jovial stuff is really great. But when you really get down, like, when you really scratch, like, beneath the surface, that man's life has been ruined. Like, he is fucked yeah. up. Because, and he doesn't really say, like, what, like what happened to him in there because like they're talking basically about their whole like renting troubles and stuff and how Fonny's basically like shit I want to leave the country but we we don't know how to swim or Tish don't know how to swim and like Daniel's talking about like he kind of alludes to what happened to him but like basically like He's like, they could just do whatever they want to in, to you in jail. And I was like, oh, no, like, what happened? Like, he doesn't, like, go any further than that. But I was like, my mind was going to, like, a million different places. I was like, oh, God, they tortured this man. They, 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 they tortured this man. I felt like Daniel's conversation with Fani was really important as well. Um, to kind of, like, Fani didn't know it at that particular time, but it kind of helped prepare him for some things in his future. Yeah. He didn't know exactly because Daniel didn't go into detail about what exactly happened to him, but the conversation kind of gave him a general sense of what life is like in jail. Yeah. I mean, the fucked up part is he wasn't even expecting to go to jail. <laughs> he wasn't no. taking this in as like, this is what's going to happen to you once you're on the inside and do this and do that. It was literally just like, this is a, a terrible thing that's happened to somebody I know. And he was taking it in and they're kind of relating to each other in that way of like, of this is, this is kind of the things that, that will happen to us as black men. I, I really appreciated that scene with Daniel. Like I, because of how Daniel was just introduced and he was just so full of life when he was coming down that street and then reality set in. Like, Daniel was a different person than the last time that Tish and Fani saw him. And it was only two years in yeah. jail, which is still a long time. Like, being in jail for any amount of time is too long. But... um he pleaded to a lesser charge just so he wouldn't have to be in there longer. <laughs> and it still fucked him up. It didn't even matter. Yeah. So, I mean, he has like a lifelong fear. And that fear is kind of like everywhere for a lot of black people. I mean, black people in general kind of have this like fear. A lot of people have talked about black people in America kind of having a lot of like trauma. Even if they haven't experience it firsthand it's still something that you know that could probably happen to you even like the shit that yeah. happened with like Fonny and stuff like in the in the with the cop like that 
people could just decide any old day, like, oh, this person looks suspicious. Let me just cart their asses off to jail. Yeah. And you would think things like that wouldn't happen here, but um, they do <laughs> very frequently. And the, the odds are pretty much stacked against you just because you're black. So when Fonny goes to jail, like they're doing the whole, um, they're trying to raise money for him. Um, and eventually they raise money to send Sharon, Tish's mother, to Puerto Rico to find Victoria Rogers. However, <laughs> I don't get why they sent her to do it. Obviously they're not going to send Tish, but like there wasn't like an intermediary that they could have got like I don't know why Hayward didn't say like hey why don't we send like a I don't know an investigator I don't know like I mean that's more money too but like what sending sending the family of the accused to meet up with the accuser is not smart like a couple things with this and again, we didn't read the novel, so we don't really know how different it is from the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but one one theory is they did this on their own. Yeah. And the other theory that, like, the more I thought about it is, like, Hayward is kind of waking up. Like, he's kind of seeing how things truly are like he's kind of opening his eyes to how things truly are for black people Uh because like when you're white like you don't have to pay attention to how things are for minorities you literally don't have to give a shit you don't have to concern yourself with the well-being of minorities with black people with hispanic people with other people because you don't have to deal with them if you don't want to i feel you like could you choose to. Have to even like you kind of technically don't have to pay attention to your own well-being in yeah because the rules just kind of work out for you because you um, can tell you can tell when the rules have been working out for somebody because when they don't, they lose their shit and they're just like, "This is not our America." And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's ours. It might not be yours, but it's been ours for a long ass time." Like, yeah, like that should be throwing me. But Girl, they're so like <laughs> childish with that shit. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, how embarrassing? Cause you know they be trying to be like, oh, like they try to make some sort of like rousing thing. Cause I feel like half those things, like when people post it like that online, like it's just for attention. It's not like in any general, like genuine thought went into it behind. It. Cause I'm like, think, think for a second. Like, have you considered <laughs> that shit has not been right for other people for a long time? But then they go making these grand sweeping statements. I'm like, you look like a fucking idiot. Because they don't like they don't have to pay attention to it. And maybe prior to really taking this case, maybe he was a little dismissive or maybe he didn't really work as hard to do things like when they show this like. Hayward was only in a couple scenes, but when they showed the scenes and Tish is narrating to how he's going to different his peers and getting like shut down and trying to work how he can in the law system and he's just getting shut down by everybody. He's like 
become more aware of it. Yeah, I mean, he sees, I mean, it's probably, if this was like a completely different person, uh, and, like a white guy, this would probably be going a lot smoother. <laughs> and so he's probably like, why are, are these things happening? Why aren't y'all? Why is everything stalling for no reason? And of course, he probably goes and talks to like his mentor or whatever. And they're just like, ah, don't worry about that shit. And he's probably just like, uh, but like, this is like supposed to be the, this is the funny part about when people like super duper, like trust into the law and stuff like that, which I mean, he's a lawyer. So like, that's his, that's his profession. But you can always see when people are like, you know, oops, upset head. (laughs) One shit is like really revealed to be how it is. Yeah. And he's like, oh shit. Some people are very, like, very conscious of it. And they think that's just how it should be. And then some people are are very, like, passive. And so they haven't been paying attention. And they haven't been, you know, really sitting there and and doing their due diligence. Even though they're, like, a part of the justice system. They're not really actually helping dole out any sort of justice for a lot of people. And, you know, faith cracked. Faith got cracked. And maybe, like, either, like, his resources with this case, like, ran out at that moment. Oh, they been ran out. I don't think that man had no money to help them because they have no money. And maybe he just couldn't do it. I don't know. You could have done that shit pro bono, little boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pro bono shit happens. Like, lawyers do shit pro bono. Uh, not, I mean, I won't say like do it all the time, but it's like, it is a thing. <laughs> and you can see this family doesn't have any money. They're sitting up here stealing and shit. So like, I don't know why you couldn't have done. He just seemed like he, I mean, also too, he's like got a fresh face. So maybe he's not usually accustomed to being like underhanded quite yet. That comes with time sometimes. <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't, somebody, some legal counsel, if they had gone to him and been like, what if we go to Puerto Because he knew she had disappeared. So, I don't really know why he didn't give them better counsel on that front. Because the trip, the trip ends up, it's a long shot to begin with. But... They go down to Puerto Rico. Or no, Sharon goes down to Puerto Rico. She looks beautiful. She does. In her little scarf when she gets on the plane. I was like, oh, this is high glamour. This is very glamorous. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous shot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just James Laxton doing his thing. Yeah. Did we ever mention? I don't think we mentioned that like Regina got an Oscar for this, which is like. Probably common knowledge by now. <laughs> but she got an Oscar for this role. Her very first. I think it's her best supporting. Yes. So. And she came out at the Oscars and gave Brad Pitt his best supporting. She did. And a, a sect of Twitter went wild. I I am not in that sect. I just would like everybody <laughs> to know. <laughs> I just peeped. And I was like. Y'all okay? And the answer was not really. No, and not. But, you know, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Just let y'all do y'all over there. Sometimes, you know, you just want to see two good-looking people be good-looking together in a room. 
And that's fine. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment no, on that part. I didn't make up nothing, no characterizations, no backstories. <laughs> I just said, amen. We you start doing that. Women. Looking women. <laughs> you might, you might need to go to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail? Not outside. That. <laughs> I know this is the episode we talked about, but. My, my nigga. <laughs> Straight to jail? Mm. <laughs> Do not you, pass go. <laughs> you, might need to, you might need to go to Arkham. <laughs> not Arkham. Arkham's got the worst jail. Is there, is there a jail worse mean, in Arkham? <laughs> at Arkham, you can break out. Like, Arkham. You could, because the guards are trash. Yeah, Arkham. <laughs> but they also probably feed you like rats. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Scarecrow got some fun stuff happening over there. Mm-hmm, some good psychedelics going on. <laughs> Scarecrow is scary as shit. And Biological I will never... Forgive that man for scaring the shit out of me oh, when I watched that film. Killian <laughs> Murphy, bruh. I watch Peaky Blinders though, and you don't. So like, that's why I can't watch it because I'm afraid of him because of Scarecrow. He, like, he still got murder eyes, but you know now nope. he's just be murdering his fellow countrymen for possession of gang territory and the drug trade. <laughs> so, me, oh my god. So- <laughs> It's a good show. It's a good show. It's kind of got a little, little shaky in the last couple seasons, but like, it's a good show. <laughs> but back to Sharon. Um, she also had a really good scene with like her kind of looking kind of vulnerable and scared in front of the mirror, which is also like the camera. Because um, she's putting on this. I still don't know why she put on the wig. Um, t- I was trying to figure that out too, but. I, I I don't know because she didn't wear like sunglasses or a trench coat, so the wig. It was the middle of the night though. <laughs> She's getting ready to go meet. Um, I guess his name is Pietro, which I don't. We never figured. I never realized. I don't think I ever figured out like what his relation to Victoria was, other than he just knows her. He might be like a family friend or something like that. Like they never really said if he was her brother or something like that. And she's getting ready to go meet him. And she's, like, wearing, like, a really nice outfit. But then I was like, is she trying to disguise herself? With the wig? Or is it just, like, a, a like an armor thing? Because she don't wear wigs any other time in the movie. I feel, I feel like the wig was just to, like, hide her identity. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what name she gave him. I forgot. I don't know if she gave him any. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they even set this whole thing up, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but she she kind of has a moment when she puts on the wig. It was definitely my grandma's wig. My great-grandma's wig as well. <laughs> it was like a fantastic Sans wig. And, <laughs> and then she takes it off and she puts it back on. She ends up putting it back on because she ends up down there. At but it looks better when she put it on the second time. I mean, the first time she put it on, I was like, that's that's some skill. Because she kind of tucked her hair in a weird way. And she just slapped that bad boy on. And I was like, oh, everything's tucked in. Not a not a edge out of place. But like, when she was in the car, it was like sitting right. But the first time when it was like, wop, bop, bop, wop, bam, boom. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was I a lot. <laughs> I need you to. <laughs> 
my god. <laughs> Brittany's too much. Brittany. <laughs> I, I, I know I'm going to hell, so it's fine. <laughs> it's all right. I already be, know it. It'll be me we, and you. We could be Patty and Selma when they're tied up and they go and light their cigarettes on the on the bonfire. <laughs> That's us. So when she meets Pietro, paid by Mabu, Pedro Pascal. Yes. The Mandalorian himself. I actually am considering watching this strictly for him. Not even Peer for pressure. Yoda. Not even Peer for Peer pressure, Yoda. Ashley, into watching it. It was literally the gift of him. He got his dome kicked in. And the droid was like, uh, you suffered some damage to your CPU. And he was like, do you mean my brain? <laughs> I was like, oh. And it was like the first time. You know, I'm not going to spoil it. But, you know, it was like a it was a scene. It was a big scene, I guess, that everybody had been kind of waiting for. And, um, Because yeah. this, I mean, I'm going to spoil a little bit. Here like, I tried, y'all. If you didn't watch the man, A little bit. This a part. spoil. So this, they went to this, like, it's an adventure. So they went to this one place. And this one lady was like. Hey, here you go. Bam. And he was like, no thanks. And she was like, you ain't going to take that helmet off. He's like, nah. But she was like throwing it at him. And he was like considering throw- like taking off the helmet, but he can't because it's his like lifestyle. And the whole time he was like really sexy under that like whole, like the whole armor of of the Mandalorian Lord. And I know it's not a religion. I don't think, I don't know anything about Star Wars because Star Wars is boring. I only watch Star Wars because of John Boyega because they finally had colored people for real, for real in it. I'm not going to disrespect um, Lando Calrissian, but that ain't my I jam. I was say, don't but- do Lando. <laughs> don't do Mace Windu. Don't do Samuel L. Jackson like that. But John Boyega. So. I mean, he's, he's ours. He's, he's, he's like, ours. he's sticking you niggas, but he's, <laughs> that he's was, the, right he was the man to get me to watch a Star Wars. But, you know, I mean, I know what you're talking about because they have all these, I mean, it's like a, an order, like the Jedi order has their like codes and conducts and all that shit that they live by because it's a whole thing. It's not just a job. It's like your life. And the Mandalorian is the same. And, you know, he, he, you know, he won't take his helmet off. And then, uh, and then it comes to a point where he has to take his helmet off because you got to get that brain fixed. And he was just fine in a whole suit. That's like being wrapped up in bubble wrap. And like nobody could see your entire being, and then you just like you know that person is fine. Like, don't worry about how my brain think. Y'all know if y'all have listened in the last two years, y'all know my brain ain't right. It's a little scrambled. Y'all know it's body language. (laughs) No, it is. It's like his body language because he even said like he would be surprised how much focus it gives you because you don't have to worry about what you look like. You just have to figure out like how you're going to present yourself in this scene and and make sure you look like you can physically look like you have been in the suit forever and like hoisting all this gear around and shit like that so it's worth it and then you got little baby yoda teeth like they like just the teeth (laughs) little tiny little baby teeth like little 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 teeth teeth. okay (laughs) little little teeth in this movie pedro looks like a gangster which I still have not figured out quite why. 
I just like assumed like he was some sort of gang- gangster or something. Because first of all, he was irritated and he was over it. And he looked like a man who was like real damn busy and like I got shit to do. I got, you know, places to go, people to see. He's also got his hair like slicked back, which I don't think I've ever seen Pedro's hair like that either. So I was like, this is a lot. Because I didn't know he was in this movie. <laughs> so I was, when he popped up on screen, I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> Wait a minute. And he looked very, very over it. But she, I think she shows him a picture of, like, Fonny and Tish. And she, like, basically, like, tries to, like, appeal to his, like, good nature or something. And and he ends up setting up a meeting with them um, between her and Victoria. And this scene was very hard for me. And the theater was hard for me when I watched the... Um, when I watched it like a couple days ago because like she's going to go plead with this girl but the way she does it is all wrong <laughs> it's all wrong I was like no don't do it. <laughs> not like that because it's not because so Tish has been basically because this is our man she you know she's the only way keeping her man she's like well that girl she's lying on him and blah blah and and then she also asks Ernestine, she's like, do you think she was raped? And Ernestine's like, yeah, I think she was raped. I just don't think it was by Fonny. And when Sharon goes and talks to Victoria, like, she confirms it. Like, they had her, um, like, the police had her look at the lineup, uh, think Fonny. I forget where I've seen this. I think it was like an interview or something that Fonny was like the only black guy and they basically told her to say that it was him and he went to jail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, like one point I thought it was going to go okay and then she touched her. Yeah. And I was like, that it, we're going left. Yeah. Like, you should like first of all this it was a bad idea for from the jump it was such a bad idea from the jump it was a good thing that you were it was a a good thing that she was willing to talk to you as much as she could have talked to you she was willing to meet with you but you made her relive her trauma and then you tried to touch her and it just, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, I mean, she's a drama. Like, she's been through something really traumatic. Um, This is, like, the 1970s, I'm sure. And she's probably a poor woman. So there's no such thing as, like, access to some sort of, like, um, like psychiatrist or some sort of therapist or whoever to, um, for her to talk to. Um, and so, like, when Sharon, like, touches her, first of all, she said daughter. She kept calling her daughter. That should have me, (laughs) I was like, I love older black ladies because they always be saying shit like that, calling people daughter and shit. But then she touched her and the lady, she was like, don't touch me. And she's just trying to plead with her because she's so focused on pleading with her to be like, he didn't do it. Which, as, a, as like, an assault victim, too, like, you just told me, like, even though she just confirmed that, like, he didn't do it, you just kind of telling her, like, 
I don't know. I feel like she was maybe kind of almost invalidating what happened to her, even though she wasn't trying to. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know who did it. So I, she's like, I done said who did it, even though I don't think he did. I don't know if he did or not, but I said he did it. So he did it. And she just like, she just pushed her too far. And I was like, oh, ooh, because I feel like in my, like most of the time, not most of the time, I I am inclined to like believe the girl in the situation even though we know like Fonny didn't do it so then I was like kind of conflicted I was like my brain didn't kind of know like what to do with that because I was like don't do that to her but then like at the same time I was like but help them out (laughs) like they need your help to get to you know prove his innocence I was just I was having a time (laughs) I was having a time Yeah, it was. It, oh, that's a, a really hard scene because she starts breaking down. She has to be like carried away, mm-hmm. and then um, Sharon, yes, starts crying in the alley. That was like their last, att- like last ditch attempt to make it right. I mean, you failed your. Basically, I feel like she. She probably felt like she failed her daughter. She felt like she probably failed her future son-in-law. She probably felt like she failed her grandchild and the rest of the family because the rest of the family is trying to, you know, do whatever they can to help out. And she was like, all the hope kind of rested on her. And it did not work out. And she spent all that money to go down there. Yeah. So... I would like to know how that played out in the book, honestly. Yeah. So that was a really hard scene. Um, and then I guess like after that, Tish has to go to Fonny and tell him that, you know, it didn't work out in Puerto Rico, which I, <laughs> Tish is so young and she's only focused on this relationship. So I was like, oh girl, because she was like, she was like, Mama talked to the girl, but she just went crazy. Like, she didn't give any other details or whatever. Yeah. About, like, how the girl, like, how Victoria might be feeling. <laughs> um, and at this point, I think it, wasn't it when Fonny, Fonny is, like, completely, like, beat up and skinny and. And a little, he's broken. Yeah. Physically and mentally. Because he's got, I think this is when his eye was all, like, red. Yeah. He had, like, broken blood vessels in his eye. He has a busted lip. He has a black eye. His nose is messed up a little bit. He's all dirty, too. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you're so skinny. We got to get some food in here. <laughs> got to get some meat on your bones. And I forget what he talks about. Cause I know he said something about like he wanted to just make a table. And he said he was gone. <laughs> Get it out. He Brittany. said. <laughs> he said he was gonna make a great big table for his family to eat on. For like basically, he was gonna build a table for his family to eat on for generations. Mm-hmm. And I was like. 
I want this man to build this family a table. <laughs> he got to build Tish and his baby a table. And Sharon and his father-in-law and his sister-in-law got to eat at this table. His daddy got to eat at his table. Even his sisters and his mama invited to this table. Like, everybody got to come. Daniel got to come eat at this table. Like, everybody. Mm -hmm. Levy could come eat at this table. Like, everybody (laughs) got to come eat at this table that he is going to build. He's going to make this table. He is going to make this table for this family. Yeah. Uh, and all the, I mean, between that and like the stuff that happened in Puerto Rico, then the stuff that happened because Daniel was arrested not long after Fani, and they're trying to pressure him to, I guess, say that Fani did it, like basically testify against him. Which I was like, how do you even? Like, I guess they tried to say he was violating his parole or whatever, so they picked him up. No good and damn well, this man is terrified of jail. Hmm. So, all the cards are basically stacked against Fonny and Tish. And he's just like, there's really no hope. And, and you know, even though he wants to make this table. <laughs> so, I guess he's trying to ensure that he does get to do this to ensure his family for generations. And so he, he ends up taking the plea deal. And I feel like if given that option, a lot of people would take it because I think they say in the movie that a lot of people end up having to take it because the way the justice system works is that everything's stalled and people end up going to jail for things they didn't do or being held in there for a lot longer than they should be. Cause you know, charges are the the punishment is like way crueler than the crime could ever be in most cases and so a lot of men end up taking like plea deals so their lives get ruined anyway because there's no chance of actual like genuine justice for them and you got to think about like what that does fucks you up (laughs) Like, you've already spent a considerable amount of time in jail. When you, you take the plea deal, it it might be hard to rebuild afterward. Like, if you don't have a strong support system. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, everything's already stacked against you. It's all just stacked against you. So, like, how is it going to work once he does get out of jail? Because... You know, you got like, you know, convicted rapists on your, on your record. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, this is like an adjust world where like rapists would get what they deserve every time, all the time. But, um, like that, I'm sure like just being a convicted felon in general, that's already like gonna set you back quite far who knows like with i mean it's not like i'm sure it wasn't extensive as extensive as it is now and people do gotta do like credit checks and shit on you um but like you know he wanted to rent that apartment like it might be too late it's probably way too late actually yeah and then like even though like levy would have rented the apartment to him but now like he might be aware of the situation and then be like, "Oh no, we can't because of the neighbors." Yeah, 
Yeah, something like that. I mean, and he ends up being, Kwani ends up being in jail for a long time because Tish ends up having her baby like in Fani's basement when he's not there. Her mom is the only other person that's there with her. They end up having it like in the bathtub. Um, and they go back to visit Fani. Like we see them go, her and the baby, which the baby's not a baby anymore. The, the baby's, baby's like, like four six? Or five. <laughs> four to six, I would say. You know, he knows mm-hmm. his colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. They eating a honey bun. And he knows who his dad is. He it does is know so who his dad cute. Is. He he looks a little they did a little good cast and he looks a little like him. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. cute. Yeah, and he knows when the release date is. So he just writes that everywhere, which I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> More trauma. <laughs> More trauma being passed down. Um, but yeah, there's like, I don't know, like in an interview that I read, like James Baldwin talked about like that he was an optimist. And I think in some instances, some people have said like this movie ends on like a a hopeful note, but I was like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, the whole like message of the movie is like to trust love all the way. And Tish has still been there for him this long. But then you have to also think, like, how is, like, is he going to be like Daniel when he gets out? Like, extra fucked up? Or is he just going to be kind of, is he going to acclimate? I mean, it's the fucking 80s now, probably. She's different. So... I don't know that that ending. I was like, "Oh, this is this is sad." Cause you know, I mean, I mean, you're gonna, you're assuming they're gonna be reunited eventually, but like their entire basically their twenties seemed like they were stolen from them. In that early magical part of their relationship, like you know, he didn't get to see his his baby take his first steps. He didn't get to hear his first words. Nope. He missed all of that. All because of the justice system. Because a cop was embarrassed. Yep, that little old lady said, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And he couldn't take it. Naturally, we would, like, recommend this movie. I mean, obviously, like, come on. We love it. We love everything about it we love barry we love the performances we love love in this movie at least yes <laughs> oh. it's a good movie it's a sad movie but it's also like a happy movie but also it's kind of like damn this is fucked i feel like it it is hopeful i i get the hope in it like I do get what Baldwin was kind of hinting at from this film even though we kind of get the long-term things because like the book was written in 1974 um and the movie came out in 2008 like 18 18 oh yeah it was 2018 (laughs) my bad um but like it's a love story nestled in like hardship Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
we never know when we'll find love. Like love comes at different times in our lives and love with love comes hard times. Mm -hmm. So it it's like take the sweet with the bitter. Yeah. Sometimes. It's a bitter ass story, man. Yeah. Cause I mean, mm -mm. I would be just like raging. (laughs) You stole my baby from me. So, I mean, hopefully they, they, you know, when they, they're reunited and they can spend the best years of their lives together, the rest of them. In my, in my mind, they do. I mean, you gotta, there your optimism go, there you go. Because my heart, my heart, oh God. <laughs> my heart and my heart, my heart can't take it. <laughs> oh, if they broke up right after this? Yeah, if they like, if they get out and they can't like make it work, like because nope, I'm not even gonna do it. In my <laughs> heart, they they make it. They they strong. It's a strong black. They solid as a rock. Okay, y'all. They solid. They solid as a rock. Okay. I mean, she comes and visits him and stuff too, like all the time. And he's not, I mean, it's not like you're, you know, it's not like one of these stories where it's like, oh, man, my man was trash, but he went in and I stayed loyal to him for like 10 years. <laughs> like, Bonnie isn't trash. He clearly loves this woman. Well, all his heart. All his heart. <laughs> he loves All his heart. He loves her. He loves her family. Like, they are pretty much family. They've been family for like forever. So, I mean, you just hope it's not like real life. They gonna make it. It's fine. It's fine, Ashley. It's okay. It's, Optimism. It's okay. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> so we should probably say like what kind of movies that we like that I guess maybe our favorite romances or movies that we would recommend along with this one, since I found out something really interesting about Britney this week. <laughs> so, I live a double life. <laughs> um, I love horror movies, naturally, as you guys know. But, in secret, I watch a lot of romance movies. Like, a lot. A lot. A lot. I'm screaming at secret because it's like by day she watches chainsaws <laughs> and people getting beheaded and then by night she's like a fucking sap. <laughs> and that is true. Um <laughs> so like in like at like midnight, just me watching like some like romancing the stone and shit. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that movie, actually. Bruh, Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas in the 80s wrote, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. If you want some romance, that was a duo. Okay. 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 (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you. I mean, I always be picking, like, tragic romances. Oh, I like that. Oh, I love drama. I mean. But I... (laughs) I love it all. I like, okay, damn, I'm, I'm bearing my soul to our <laughs> listeners. It's Valentine's Day, girl. Come on. Okay. I love, I like romantic comedies. 
uh, I like terrible ones that are very problematic to watch in current times. Um, for example, like what's your number? Don't oh, watch it. But there is only very one good reason to watch. I mean, horrible. Yeah, great. But like, there's only one good reason to watch that movie, and it's Zachary Quinto for five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I love him. Okay. Um, but I watch stuff like that. But I also like romantic dramas. I like just romance, just like things that give you hope mm. and make you dream a little dream and stuff like that okay (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean when i i think the one i always well when i was like actually like trying to come up with something was always like crouching tiger hidden dragon and that one is definitely a romantic tragedy even though like the first time i watched that movie like forever and ever ago almost like 20 years ago now, which is crazy to think of. Um, that, like, I didn't care about the romance at all. Like, the romance kind of just, like, went over my head. I had to be, like, like I had to be, like, 12 when this movie came out or something. And then, um, like, I only care about the sword fighting. <laughs> and I own this movie on DVD, so I've seen it a lot of times. I ain't give a shit. And then the last time I watched it, maybe, like, a year and a half ago, I was like, oh, no. My chest. I didn't kick. I got kicked in the chest. Help. It's intense. I watched it like last year and I was like, okay, I fuck with it. Yeah, it's a lot going on. I think that's another. Isn't that another angling? That is another. Ooh. <laughs> that may be stomping our hearts. I think we already mentioned less caution. We did. And girl. And that's not, don't, y'all, don't watch that for Valentine's Day, okay? Like, mm-mm. But. I mean, unless you want to get some ideas. <laughs> don't watch that. Okay. I would also, we're talking about it later, but for this film, like, the vibe a little bit, and for a Barry's other works, and we're going to talk about it probably, is Chunking Express by Wong Kar mm-hmm. Wai. Like, we recommended it before because, duh. But. It is a movie that is very romantic to me and has elements of what I find romantic and how I express romance. So it's a romantic movie and it's one that I enjoy watching and I love a lot of things about it. Yeah, I mean, we kind of... Um, I mean, should I spoil it? Like the galaxy brain moment I had? No, no, no. Save it. Save okay, it. Save I it. Won't, save I it. won't do it. But there's a good movie that also kind of relates to this movie, though. We'll save that for later. But it's a really good. That's kind of like on my other, like, hopeful romantic movie. Um, even though like now that I watch it, I'm like, this shit's stressing me out. <laughs> Please be straightforward with people. Damn, like, why can't you just go up and say, I like you? And, of course, that's, like, one of the worst things. <laughs> like, <laughs> that can be so fraught <laughs> sometimes. So, you know, I have to, like, kind of, like, put myself back into, like, re- reality. Um, but, I mean, the other movie I like a lot, well, no, it's not. It's romantic. It's another tragedy. Oh, Lord. Which was uh, Eternal Sunshine. Mm. 
Because you actually see that shit fall apart. Yeah. Um, but then in, in some moments, they, you know, you can see what could be again. Um, and that's just such a good movie. Oh. It's such a well-made movie. Oh, my God. I need to, I'm actually way overdue to rewatch it. I've been waiting for a good snow day, but, you know, climate change is here. We're all going to die. So we haven't got a snow day yet. And it's almost March. So we may or may mm. not get one. Um, And what was I going to say? There was another one I was trying to think of. I mean, there's like little silly romantic comedies like Bridget Jones. That's a that's a good one. Um, just because Colin Firth is very, very, very attractive in that movie. Um, and also it's just like a fun because Bridget's like a, a complete and total fuck up and she's having a freaking crisis about being in her thirties. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You've never seen that, have you? No, I haven't. I enjoy the first one. I am iffy about the second one. I mean, the first one's the best one. And then the third one is pretty sweet. I've never forgiven Helen Fielding for what she did in the books. Oh, it's books? Yeah, they're based off of novels that came out, like, I think in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. And it was a big deal that they casted Renee Zellweger because Renee Zellweger is a Texas girl playing a British woman and they everybody was kind of like what the fuck is this but oh. she did a good job I think she got nominated for an Oscar for that movie oh. yeah ah. yeah I'm pretty sure she did let me, no, do my, let me do my fact checking I mean it's she's, she's very comical some of it hasn't I mean it's an old movie it came out like in what, 2000, 2001 or something? So, I mean, um, I mean, some parts of it probably have an age role, but it's a movie I've watched a lot of times, and it, it always makes me feel pretty good, even though everything's, a, you know, a mess. Because <laughs> her life is a fucking mess. Um, she did. So she, um, she got her, a, she got an Oscar nomination for Bridget Jones' Diary and for Chicago. So she got nominated back to back. She's been nominated a lot of times. And she just got her first uh, Oscar, I believe. No, she, she this is her second one. But her first for Best Actress. Oh, wow. Okay, Renee. Okay, girl. Yeah. You had me a hello. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she is a Texas girl. She's like from Katy, which is like right outside of Houston. So... You can't really hear it, but I know the people were pressed when she got, <laughs> when they announced her. Um, but, I mean, before we go off too off track, I guess, um, I mean, there's plenty of, like, good romantic comedies, of course, and good romantic dramas. Everybody's really excited about The Photograph, which comes out, I think, by the time we release this, um, it will be out in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, on the fence of watching it just because, like, it would be a thirst watch. Like, I love. I'm so trash for this, but like he's trash. But I enjoy Lakeith Stanfield. I enjoy looking at Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. Don't tell me anything he's got to say about anything. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, he's a good looking man. Issa looks great. Her hair is laid. She does. Hair laid. Um, I don't know why everybody keeps talking about that movie. Is like the first movie since Love and Basketball to 
show black people in love. I'd be worried about some of y'all, to be quite honest. I mean, hey. It's not like there's a whole lot coming out. And I was, I feel like there's not a lot of love stories in general that are coming out lately. I don't feel like there are. And I might be missing it because it's not always the thing I go up for immediately. But I just don't know if it's like a big box office thing. Yeah, the box office is oversaturated with superhero movies and superhero content. Superhero content, superhero movies, other action movies, remakes. um, Comic book. Everything is kind of based off a book. Yeah, I was like, "Mm." Which is a little distressing when you really sit there and think about it. But, um, I mean, there's some original things coming out, so it's it's not completely hopeless. And I think, too, we've talked about this, like, off um, air, but, like, we both want to watch Atlantics. Have you watched Atlantics yet? No, not yet. I haven't watched it either, but it's on Netflix right now. Um, but I also think there's more to it than just, like, a love story. And I think there's that one on, on Criterion. Is it Toki? Is it Toki Boki? I, that sounds wrong. I feel like I'm pronouncing that phonetically, and it's wrong. That's the uh, the Senegalese movie that like Jay Z and Beyonce tried to recreate when they had like the the motorcycle with the big um, cow's skull with the horns and stuff on it. Yeah, you we yeah you sent me like that, and I put it on my watch list. Yeah, I think they're trying to like escape from like Senegal to 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 France. Did they try to go to Paris or something? I've been meaning to watch that forever because I know people are like, there's not enough like black love stories. And we kind of went on this. I don't want to go on a tangent, (laughs) but I feel like there's movies like outside of the U S that are being made because there's black people. We're not the only black people like in the world. (laughs) They don't all um, reside just in the United States. And um, not all filmmaking is made just in the United States either. So while I don't think it is on the level of like other people's, like, of course, like white people are still like dominating the Western market as far as like who stars and what, but you know, branch out. I would like to branch out more because I don't like to say like, oh, there's not, there's no kind of movie like this ever. And then here it is just sitting here. Yeah. Like girl, I implore our listeners to expand your horizons. Mm-hmm. Okay? Y'all, just start watching shit. Like, if you see a weird movie on Netflix that got, like, no stars, watch that shit. That's what I do. How do you think I learned about Contracted? Okay? Oh, God. I saw that, and then I just watched it. And I made everybody else watch it. Because you didn't I like watch spread- it. Because I couldn't convince you, but you won't. I, I was very persuasive with everybody. You else. say you're you're a germaphobe. I literally will like yeet myself into oncoming traffic <laughs> if I have to watch a whole group of people get sick. I could not do it. What this? Uh, is it contracted or contagion? Because isn't contracted the one that's like a metaphor for like STDs or something? It was um. It's a ZTD. Okay. Well, STZ, yeah. STZ. Okay, it was sexually yeah, transmitted zombieism. Yes. 
Yes, somebody um, turns into a zombie. Yeah, but Contagion is a movie I can only watch once, and I have never watched it again because uh, Goop was fucking people up. She sneezed, <laughs> and everybody got sick, and I was like, wait a minute. Miss Goop. <laughs> Goop had everybody. Like, it wasn't no crystals, wasn't no essential oils that could save anybody. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh-uh. So I only watched that once. I forgot she'd be pushing them, like, $600 shit for, like, whatever sort of vag cream <laughs> and whatever. What is it? Vaginal steaming? You're she had to... people burning that gooch. You're not supposed to do that. Don't that, don't steam your vagina like a, like a dumpling. <laughs> because Gwyneth Paltrow told you to. <laughs> you probably gonna have somebody grabbing, like, the little thing, the little portable steamer. Like you use for your shirts. Oh no! Don't burn your gooch, y'all. Don't burn your, your taint. Might just need wrinkles. Okay, just like just let leave that it shit alone. be wrinkly. <laughs> leave Listen, it alone. You might like, don't. Find, you might find a boy like Fonny who doesn't give a shit. He just might think you you are the greatest thing in the world, and you don't have to steam your vagina. Or you can find like love. girl like Tish. Yeah, who just loves you for you. Yes. Like, that's all you need. You could find somebody who just looks at you like the sun rises and falls. On you. That's right. Because you right. know that's nothing. <laughs> like, bruh. <laughs> Come on now. Brittany got a testimony. <laughs> nothing. I would not do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Man, okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> I think before I start singing, um, frankly, Frankie, Beverly and Mace. You such an auntie, bruh. I am. Cause like that song makes me happy. Listen, it does. It we puts... all deserve happiness in this raggedy ass world. <laughs> so I won't puts... hold you today. <laughs> Today. That song makes me feel held like Pele for Midsummer. Okay? You know what? Now we want to talk about something toxic. <laughs> Listen, if you find yourself a Pele, I mean, shit might not work out in the I way mean, that you intended, but it might work out in a way that you also never expected. Yeah, I mean, Pele, I feel like you'll feel held. Like, find your Pele. You feel held like, oh. Ooh. That's that's a knocking. That's some that's some smooth ass talking. I was sitting up there like, you know what? You making some points, bitch. He's making <laughs> some points, girl. <laughs> so we should plug ourselves. So guys, again, once again, thank you for listening to us and supporting us for the last two years. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Um, so like, yeah, we really appreciate your support. Um, you can always check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, Spotify and SoundCloud <laughs> at Black Girl Film Club. Uh, we're on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club and on um, Instagram at Black Girl Film Club, all spelled out. Mm-hmm. And where else are we? Um, we you can are visit- doing the Micromania Film Fest. We're judging all of your little, all your little films. We actually draw. We are judging films that are five minutes and under. 
Um, so we've been doing that for the last like month or so. Uh, and there's some really interesting films that have been coming across our way. Um, and so like that's still going on. I think you could submit until May. I think so. We're not really, you know, we're not good at plugging things. We're so sorry, (laughs) but we do have a, like a 50% off code. It's actually really, 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 really inexpensive to, um, submit your films and who knows, we might be able to see it. Um, and yeah, like if you're, even if you, I think there's like no like year discrimination, like you don't have to have it made in last year or something like that. Um, but you know, if you have something that you've been sitting on, like go ahead. Enter it. You know, throw that shit over the fence and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, we want everybody, you know, if you have goals this year, we want everybody to like, I want to see more people's stuff. Everybody talks about they do stuff, but I want to see what y'all got. Yeah, it's been fun watching. Yeah, it's been really interesting. So, um, yeah, we'll leave that code in like our little description box so you can go and and check that out. And what else? I mean, do we want to give a hint for our next episode? Um, I... May or may not be from Chicago, Illinois. (laughs) I think my only thing would be bonk. (laughs) (laughs) Bonk. (laughs) Oh, I need to be bonked. Oh, (laughs) my prosperity. Bonk by prosperity, please. Bonk by prosperity. That should be a fun time. So, I mean, you know, discerning people, you probably know what we're talking about. But we'll just, you know, we'll leave that for later. Yes. I cannot wait for the next one. Yes. So, okay, everybody, enjoy your Valentine's Day. If you got a, you know, raggedy-ass man, dump him. Raggedy-ass girlfriend, dump her, them, whoever. You know, like me, I will be enjoying my wonderful... A heart-shaped pizza and probably lots of alcohol. <laughs> okay. And a good movie. Because I, I will myself. be watching a movie and maybe sliding into Yaya's DMs. Who knows? Oh. Yes. They be open. So he, let's see what happens. <laughs> apparently, I have heard that the DMs be open. They be open. So... Like Megan the Stallion said, if they cute, I shoot my shot. <laughs> What'd you say? If they cute, I shoot. Swish. <laughs> the voice of a fucking generation, okay? That was a word. <laughs> and of course, give love to all your girls and all your friends because that love matters too. It does. It does. Okay, we got anything else for the people? No, we love you. We love you guys. Happy anniversary to us. Yes. Yay. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.